apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L, call for additional details. Jones has the first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I'm Steve Risser, here with uh, Justin D'Onofrio, and he is back. After a really, really short retirement, Tom Brady is back with the Bucs. He'll be the quarterback of the Buccaneers next season. He announced on his Instagram on Sunday that it's been, after two months, he is back and he's ready to go, and he's ready to get another Super Bowl. And uh, I, I think I think uh, I don't blame him because I, I was kind of surprised he left, and he left on top of his game. He was still one of the best quarterbacks in football last year. He was second in the MVP in the MVP. In, in MVP voting, he had a great year last year. So I was a little bit surprised he retired in the first place. So I'm not surprised that he's back, and uh, I'm ready to watch him play again. I'm excited to watch him play again. I'm excited to watch him try to lead the Bucks to another championship. Justin, what are your thoughts on Brady being back? Yeah, I just didn't like timing of it. Like you know, during the March tournament, it kind of stealing the spotlight <laughs> away from. Oh, I knew you, I knew you wouldn't like the timing of it. Yeah, the timing was kind of ridiculous, but. Yeah, other than that, it was surprising that he did retire at the time he did because, yeah, he was still playing at the top of his game. He, you know, he's playing as well as he did 10 years ago. So it, it felt weird, and, you know, he still got another couple. James made a good comment. Tom though. Brady couldn't stand being at home, which is uh, probably <laughs> the case. That probably was a good – he probably didn't know what to do with himself with probably. all the free time he had. Probably. I know he went so, somewhere exotic for two weeks and then probably got home, and he, yeah, probably, you know, did not know what to do. So – yeah, I'm not surprised. Still on top of his game. 
you know, and, and probably seeing the Russell Wilson news too, news too knows that they're, again, they, they got a great shot to go back to Super Bowl. And again, no Tom Brady, you know, even though he's accomplished everything that there is to accomplish in football, he probably wants another ring. And, you know, again, they got another great shot of doing that again next year. Absolutely, absolutely. And that leads me to my question. We know that they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. We know that they're obviously clearly the best team in their division. The big question is, with Brady coming back, are they the best team in the NFC? And this is a tough one because you saw yesterday the Rams, uh, Andrew Whitworth retired, so they might not be as good next year. They still haven't signed Odell Beckham yet. You look at the Packers. uh, I like Rodgers' deal. We'll get to that. But we know – we know what happens with them in the postseason. It's tough to trust them in the postseason. It's a tough question, but I'm still going to go with the Rams because I just feel like the Rams, if they can get OBJ back, uh, I think their roster might be a little bit better. I was 99% sure Dallas wasn't winning with Brady. No, yeah, of course, of course. And looking at what Dallas did, you know now that they're not winning. I mean, Amari Cooper gone, Randy Gregory gone. It looks like Lyle Collins is gone. Dallas will be lucky to win their division. They'll be lucky. They'll be lucky to be hosting a playoff game this year. Uh, seeing how where the cow the Cowboys of uh, offseason's gone. But mm. yeah, I mean Tom Brady. I mean, yeah, I think the Bucks right now, as, as I said last week, I'm just I'm gonna give the Rams the edge, but it's really close. It's really close between three teams right now for the best team in the NFC. It's really close between the Rams. It's it's really close between the Packers and the Bucks. Rams, Packers, and Bucks are really, really close at the top of the NFC. They are. I think I go with the Patriots. I, as you mentioned, I can't trust the Packers. I, you know, I know they got to, you know, um, I know what Rodgers, again, I, I think they do win one more Rodgers. I don't know if it's this year. It's very possible it can be, but I just can't pick against Tom Brady. They just added Shaq Mason that off of the line, which already didn't really need much help. So that line, that offense line to get better. Again, I assume they are keep much more. They're going to keep as much as their free agents as they possibly can. That most of that team's going to come back and, you know, it's tough to go back to back like the Rams do or, you know, possibly can. And I think that's one of the other reasons why. And the Rams blew that game. You know, like Tampa really, had a, you know, Rams kind of held on there, got the game winning field goal. But I think Tampa, I think this time around would knock them out in the playoffs. They play again. And I kind of like the Bucks. I think with their offense, I think they'll get better this offseason in the secondary because that was really the one glaring weakness. And that wasn't really even the big weakness, you know, for most teams, you know, for, but I'll take the Bucs. I think it's the best team. I with Tom Brady, again, still at the top of his game. I don't know if I could pick against the Bucs yet. And then you look at the division too. They're going to pick off. They're going to get, I know the Saints have always been tough for him. So maybe besides the Saints, and again, who knows what happens with Watson, but right now, the Bucs should win six games that division. You look at the Rams, they're going to probably drop a few in their division. You know, Green Bay could drop maybe one Minnesota. Like, I, I think, too, like Tampa Bay in that division right now, they should win all six games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they'll lose to the Saints because Brady has yeah, so probably. much. It won't make sense, but Brady has so much trouble against the Saints. But you make a great point there. Tampa, it's probably going to be Green Bay. It's probably going to be like last year where Green Bay and Tampa will probably be 1-2 because if, if you look at their – both, both those teams are clearly the best teams in their division. You look at, you know, the 49ers, the Rams, the Cardinals, they'll probably beat each other up where, you know, the winner of that division will probably end up being the three seed. So, yeah, the, again, for the probably this is this would be 
know, this is for the second year in a row, it's probably gonna be Bucks and Packers being the, the top two seeds. And you look at Aster paying Zeke all that money. Look at Zeke was owed 30 million in dead cap money from that contract he got in 2019. And then they wait to pay Dak Prescott. They wait like five, I think they wait six, they wait, uh, I think five, five years to pay Dak Prescott. Uh, six years to pay Dak Prescott. They, they wait five years to pay Dak Prescott. It, 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 it's it, they, again, they're they are lucky to win the NFC East. I got them sixth in the NFC right now. But for the Bucks, mm-hmm. I would say for the Bucks, Packers, and Rams, it's really close between the three. Yeah, absolutely, it is. The Rams again. That team's gonna mostly gonna come back. Yeah, I know what we're you know just retiring, but yeah, most of the team coming back with OBJ again. You saw the big impact he had for him when he arrived. Green Bay, yeah, in that division, they should be able to win some games. Rodgers, again, add, you know, I know we'll get to Adams in a minute, but they you know, he haven't locked him up. I assume at some point they will, but they haven't yet. So, you know, in that division, you know, Minnesota's still going to be pretty good. You know, they could be right around the playoff team, but uh, I don't know about the, you know, Bears line, so they have some work to do. But, yeah, I think those three are very, very tight. I think either three of those could win it. But I, I, think, with Ta- I think Tampa Bay, Tom Brady – I just can't pick against them yet. I think they find a way to win that division. Or, I mean, yeah. to win the NFC. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's going to depend on what they do with their other free agents, too. It depends on what they do with Gronk. It depends on what they do with Fournette. It depends on what they do with JPP and Sue. I mean, they were able to get Ryan Jensen re-signed. They were able to, you know, sign Carlton, Carlton Davis. They were able to get a guy from your team. They were able to trade for uh, Shaq Mason, too, which pretty much replaces Ali Marpet. That pretty much replaces mm-hmm. Ali Marpet. I don't think Alex Cap is going to be that big of a loss, I think. You know that's kind of uh, he's an average guard. The Bengals overpaid, but I, I, I yeah, I think the Bucks are are in really good shape. I don't know if they're the favorite, but they're in they're right now with this news. Bucks are in really good shape to be a contender in the NFC again. Yeah, they absolutely are. And Tom Brady's, you know, again, and, and when you got Tom Brady's your quarterback, you you got a shot. And once again, the Bucks do to get back to the Super Bowl like they did a couple years ago. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we got to get to some other news, and that is uh, Aaron Rodgers. His contract was finalized yesterday, three years, $150 million. But because of this contract, they were, able to, they were able to lower his cap number. It's $28 million going into this going into this season. I like that because they were able to bring back Devondre Campbell. Obviously, they, 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 were able to re-sign, they were able to restructure Preston Smith's contract. They had to get rid of his Zedaria Smith, but with one of our, one of our, people, one of our listeners last week said, they can live without Sedarius Smith. They probably will be able to maybe, uh, you know, re- they'll be able to, you know, end up paying a, a redo Jerry Alexander's deal. They'll probably be able to maybe re-sign a Lazard or a, or about a Scantling. They'll be able to re-sign one of those guys. I think the Packers are in really good shape with this contract Aaron Rodgers got. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for right now they are. I know two years it's like forty million. He's out. so it's like you know this is the window. Like these kind of two years here. Or the big window for the Packers. Yeah, you know, again, it's kind of win mode time, win now time. And I assume at some point they'll figure out a way to get Devontae Adams back. At, you know, that's the big one. That's the one I forgot to talk about was Devontae Adams. I That's going to be crucial if they can get a long-term deal with him because he has made it He's made it known he doesn't want to play on the franchise tag. So that's going to be really crucial for the Packers to get Devontae Adams re-signed. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw something yesterday. He declined the $23 million um, per year contract yesterday. So – I don't know. It didn't didn't give the year. It just said they offered him twenty three million a year. He didn't. He declined it. So, it, it, you know, I don't know how much more money he wants. I don't know what the years were there. I assume at some point they'll figure out how to keep him. But yeah, you know, I, that's a huge one because they need that number one wide receiver, uh, especially with Lazard and Vantis Scallon also being free agents right now. So, 
yeah, I think, you know, for Rodgers, I think it's a good deal for the Packers, too, to kind of keep that talent around because with some of these quarterbacks' talents, you pay them so much, and, you know, it's it's tough to build the rest of the team around them. But, yeah, with Packers, with the Aaron Rodgers kind of um, situation with the contract right now, they still can afford to kind of keep some of their pieces that, have, you know, were crucial for them, you know, uh, the last few years, you know, to kind of keep, keep, you know, keep the momentum for the Packers kind of up there in, up top in the NFC. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I, and, you know, I, I think uh, I like this deal. I think this is what the Packers had to do. They couldn't just have him play on, on, on his, on his deal this year. Cause that would have been a big, that would have been a big issue. Obviously they get rid of them there. They, they would have traded them or released them. They would have been in big trouble. This is what they had to do. They had to sign him to sign him. They had to sign him to sign him to a new deal, so they could work out the money. They could figure out the money, figure out the cap hit. And I think they've done. I think they've done a really good job of this. Yeah, they absolutely have. You know, they figure out a way to kind of keep them, keep them around, keep them. Seems like happy for now. You know, I guess things have changed. But yeah, you know, um, they even kind of, you know, have the flexibility like they are. They do right now for the for the cap and all that. Yeah, you know, to um, keep them happy to keep, yeah, like keep most of those guys in the talent there. I think it, it's huge. And yeah, the Packers, I think right now are doing a good, doing a good job. And I know we mentioned it last week again when Rodgers is all set and done here, they're probably going to go through a rebuild. But again, I think you get a Super Bowl in the next couple of years with Rodgers here. And I think it's all worth it as long as you get one more. As we said, yeah, we said on the top, uh, at, the, at the top of the show, them, the Rams, and the, uh, and the Bucks are the, clearly the top three teams in the NFC. They were last year and they're going to be going into this season. We could put the 49ers in there, but the problem is, is you, you don't know what you're getting a quarterback from Trey Lance and the, the, the Cardinals is the head coach good enough. And the Cowboys, they're the Cowboys. So clearly the top three teams in the NFC are the, uh, are, are, are the Bucks, are the Rams and are the Packers. And they, and, and they, they were last year and they're going to be this year going into the season. And they are this year going into the season. But we got to. What were you gonna say? No, 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 nothing. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But but yeah. So so that'll so it'll be interesting to see what happens between those three teams. But we got to get to another quarterback, and that's Deshaun Watson. And on Friday, there they, a grand jury is not going to indict Deshaun Watson of any criminal charges. And this is big news because a lot of teams were very you know didn't didn't know if they really wanted to sign Deshaun Watson if this, if this was the case. But now. There, there, he's already met with three teams. He's already met with the Panthers. He's already met with the Saints. He's already met with the Browns. And the Falcons are emerging as a sleeper team to get him too. So I, I think, uh, I think you know, you know, he, you're, you're gonna, he's going to have to face a suspension this year. He's probably going to have to face a four to six game suspension. So it's going to be hard. It's, it's going to be tough to be a Super Bowl contender if you get him this year. But for the future, he's 25 years old. He's a top quarterback in this league. He's definitely a guy that you want to go after. Yeah, absolutely. He's a franchise guy. Again, he, I think, too, coming back this year, he's going to have that chip on the shoulder for what happened with everything that kind of happened last year. Um, yeah, he's a guy that you want as a franchise quarterback. You know, you kind of saw what he's able to do with Houston and that franchise. Again, you know, obviously he has some talent around him, but he's a really talented guy. You know, he's athletic. He's got a big arm. He's won a national championship at Clemson. You know, he, he can bring a winning culture to an organization, which I think is huge. And yeah, he knows, you know, he's a talented quarterback. And I think whoever gets him, yeah, it's, you know, obviously right there for, you know, in the playoff conversation is if you can add it to Sean Watson. Oh, absolutely. And we look at the destinations where he can go to the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Browns. And I would rank them one to four. I'd say number one, it's the Saints. 
I know Sean Payton's gone, but it's still a really good organization. It's still going to be a team with with uh that could have, with, with that. We don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara. But he's still on the team. Michael Thomas is still on the team, even though he missed the entire season last year. On defense, you got Cameron Jordan, you got Demario Davis, you got Marshawn Lattimore. I think th- if he goes to the Saints. They are probably, I would put them top four in the NFC. If he goes to the Saints, I think they're top four. I think they're top four with, I think the Bucs are still a little bit better, but I put them top four with the Bucs, with, with, with the um, maybe five, because I would probably maybe put the 49ers ahead of them because Watson will probably get suspended. But they would be a top five team in the NFC if they, if they, uh, if they had, if they had Deshaun Watson, if they had Deshaun Watson, because that's still that's a pretty good roster. And, and I think very easily that would be a playoff team if we went to the Saints. Number two, I go with the Browns. I go with the Browns. I'm not going to pick the Browns one. I'm never going to pick the Browns one, but the Browns have a good roster. We know they traded for Amari Cooper. We'll get to that. They got a good off, a really good offensive line. Got a pretty good defense. I think if he went to the Browns, this is possible because we saw what ba- Baker's uh, letter he wrote to, to the Cleveland fans. So if he went to the Browns, the problem with there is you got you got you still got to face uh, in that division. You still got to face Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow twice a year. Four those are four year games. So that's why I have that one number two, number three. I, number three, I'm, I'm going to go with the. I'm, it's tough between the Panthers and the Falcons. It's really hard because both teams are rebuilding. But but you know what? I'm, I'm going to. You go Panthers. I'm going to go, go Falcons. I'm going to go Falcons because uh, I think I uh, I, I think uh, you know I'm going I'm to go Panthers. I'm going to go Panthers. I think I think the Panthers st- if they can keep Christian McCaffrey, I think that they, they would they could potentially be a wild card team. They got some talent in that defense with 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 uh, Brian Burns. Uh, and Shaq Thompson at linebacker. So I would go with the Panthers. And then last, I'd probably go with the Falcons. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, it's the biggest city in the South, but it's definitely probably the worst roster in the NFC South. The biggest reason why they won seven games because of Matt Ryan. If they didn't have Matt Ryan, this team would be picking in, would be picking in the top five, easily be picking in the top five. They didn't have Matt Ryan. I mean, he led them to three game winning drives last year. So I'd say, I'd say, so I'd say number one, Saints, two Browns, three Panthers, and four Falcons. Yeah, I, I have the same order as you. I think Saints, yeah, with the talent they have, again, hopefully Michael Thomas can come back healthy and, you know, could play kind of full six full six or 17-game schedule, Kamara with that, you know. Again, you kind of saw Breeze kind of with, with the talent they had, you, you know, you always saw Breeze was able to kind of bring into the playoffs. I think Watson be able to do do the same thing in that division with kind of the Panthers. and Because the Panthers and Falcons don't get them. They're still kind of – both going to have to continue to rebuild and both are going to have to find some long-term quarterbacks. So they should finish second. They should be right there in the wild card mix in the NFC. Yeah. The Browns as well. Again, they have a talented roster. It's just, can they quarterback kind of, can they find that quarterback to come together and, you know, be that kind of piece? Cause you, as we know, the quarterback's kind of the biggest position in, in football and you don't have that stability there. It's going to be very tough for you to, you know, especially in the AFC this year, it's going to be very tough for you to get to the playoff, but it's going to be, you know, obviously very tough to get to the Super Bowl. Um, if you don't have that franchise quarterback, you'd bring that to Cleveland. He'd bring a lot of excitement to that that city who kind of has felt the last few years some bright spots, but after this year, it's kind of another, you know, kind of down year, disappointing year for Cleveland fans. Number three, I go to the Panthers too, because, yeah, I think they have more talent on the roster. I know they're kind of thinking about trading CMC. You know, we'll see. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. I do think they have some talent. They have a really young defense that I think came together. You know, I, I think that's only going to get better. I do still kind of like Matt Rule as a coach. I was kind of higher on him last year, but I, I know there were some 
questionable calls this year and decision-making. But I do like Matt Rule as a coach. Um, I think, the, you know, Panthers get him. They, they, they you know, they could be like a feisty one that could battle for one of the wildcard spots. And, you know, with the Falcons, too, it just, you know, now with Russell Gage going to Tampa Bay, Calvin Ridley's not going to, you know, suspend it the whole year. You know, you have Kyle Pitts and, like, who else in that offense is really going to help him? That's the problem guess, there because Calvin yeah. Ridley suspended for the entire season. Yep. So that's that's kind of why I kind of went Panthers third and Falcons fourth here. I just around him, yeah, and Matt Ryan, it just – and then it's – what do you do with Matt Ryan too? I'm like, yeah, would the Texans really take his cap situation? I wouldn't, not at his age. So I think, you know, it sounds like Watson kind of, you know, that may be the favorite in Atlanta, but I just don't know how you – who would take Matt Ryan for that salary that he's getting right now. So I think it'd be very tough too, just to even make that deal. But yeah, I think the Falcons out of the four have the worst roster right now. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. It's close between the Falcons and Panthers, but I would probably take the Panthers roster over the Falcons roster, but obviously it's going to command, you know, two to three first round picks. If you go get to Sean Watson, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. And, uh, and, 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 and I think you, you, you pull the trigger if you need to, I think you do it if you need a quarterback because, uh, because 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 yeah, it's, he may be suspended for four to six games this year, but you'll have a guy. You have a, a guy, a franchise quarterback for the next probably for the next decade. Yeah, you probably do. It sounds like you know. Again, I he goes to Carolina. He played around that area. He's from Georgia. It's the same thing with the Falcons. Like I think that's those are two spots. Even the Saints are pretty close to kind of Georgia too. So those three teams, he may want to play for the next 15, you know ten fifteen years and kind of be the guy. So absolutely, I think it is a move you gotta you gotta go out and get him if you know if he wants to go there. I because it's you know because I I think when you know he's on the field healthy, he's a top ten quarterback, and you know only a third of the league can get that type of guy that you know Deshaun Deshaun Watson's gonna bring. So uh, yeah, I think if it's possible, a team goes out and gets him because he puts you right there in, in playoff contention. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll move on to a team that's been very busy in free agency, probably the, the team that's been the busiest, and that's the Chargers. And I think the Chargers have done a really good job improving this roster. Obviously, last week they trade for Khalil Mack, and then you know they, they sign JC, they end up signing a JC Jackson. And I think the Chargers are a team right now. Looking at this roster, you got Boza, you got Mack, who's really good. He's good against the pass and the run. You got JC Jackson, you got Derwin James, you got Asante Samuel Jr. in the secondary. This is a defense, is a top ten defense, and this offense is really good. This is a team that we know we know is a play we know is going to be a play should be a playoff team. If it's not, Brandon Staley should not have a should be fired. There's no way Brandon Staley should come back. Uh, if that, uh, they're definitely a Super Bowl contender, but the big question is, are they the best team in a very very competitive AFC West? And I'm going to say no. I'm still going to go with the Chiefs. I think the Chargers roster might be better, but I'm going with the Chiefs, and it's for two obvious reasons: the coach and the quarterback. I trust Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Mornay Crest, Brandon Staley, and even Justin Herbert. For how talented Justin Herbert it is, he does throw some bad interceptions. So I, I, I'm going to go with the team with the better coach and the better coaching quarterback. I still have Kansas City as the best team in the AFC West. So I don't think the Chargers are the best team in the AFC West. But Justin, with these moves, are the Chargers the best team in the AFC West? No, I'm with you with Kansas City. Until they knock them off, I, I got to take the Chiefs as well. You know, and I think one of the concerns I have, too, is the way the Chargers, again, the Chargers, you know, they allow you to beat them on the ground. And I feel like that that's something, too, you kind of get, you know, you keep Herbert off the field in some games. And, you know, because, yeah, they're going to be so good against the pass. And I, I think that's just going to open the run game more. 
unless they really change that defensive philosophy, but it, you know, from what they've always kind of sounds like, you know, what talking last year is like they're okay with teams beating us on the ground. So I don't kind of like that either. And obviously coaching wise, yeah, Reed versus Staley. Yeah. You know, obviously Reed, I do think the the chargers, you know, have a better roster, but yeah, I just don't really trust the, the chargers yet. I, I need to see more from them. And, you know, yeah, Herbert, there's times he throws some bad picks, but you know, if he can get rid of those, they're great. And again, last year too, they were so bad in the red zone. They just kept shooting themselves on the foot every time the red zone. That and like I think even special teams cost them too a few times this year. It you know, it was like they just you know, they just kind of beat themselves a lot last year. Again, maybe that changes this year, but until I really see it, I gotta take the Chiefs. Oh, with, without 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 question without question, and but the but the thing is, is with the Chargers, if they had a good head coach, they would have swept the Chiefs last year because they would have won that game in LA. But the, but the reality is, they don't. They their, their head coach did not have a good first year. He's got to have a better second year for this team to reach its potential. He's got to learn from his Staley. Has got to learn from his mistakes from year one. Some of his in game decision made. Some of his in game decisions were absolutely horrendous. I mean, going for it four times and missing on missing four times against the Chiefs. Going forward on fourth and one from your own 18-yard line, it's flat out inexcusable. And then the Raiders basically were just going to give up and, and take the tie, and then he calls a timeout. So his in-game decision-making was absolutely horrendous last year. Also, don't even forget, he didn't have his team ready to play the Texans uh, in December. So his in-game decision-making was horrendous. That's just, that has got to get better. That and that and some of Herbert's bad interceptions, that's why I, even though they have probably the best roster in the division, that's why I still give the Chiefs the edge. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, I absolutely do too. Yeah, because the coaching decision again, and he's an analytic guy, and I analytic guys usually do not change their mind. They usually, you know, they 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 don't really listen to the outside noise and all that. So I I don't think he's gonna really change his ways unless if somebody unless the owner really tells them. I don't I don't know if that has happened or what, but yeah, listen that. But yeah, you know Herbert, there yeah, there's still some you know mistakes in there. He's still a young player. You know, be year three, like you know. He's got to get most of his mistakes now out of the way here in year three. But yeah, you know, at, with bringing back Mike Williams, signing him last week, it's a, it's such a talented roster. They got a lot of pieces around him offensively. Again, I think the sky's the limit for the Chargers. But yeah, it's the coaching. I, it's a, it's a huge part of this, and you know, I I still just I can't trust Daly. I just think you know, I I, I imagine I don't think he's going to learn from his lessons. I haven't you know you 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 look really in baseball too. What analytic guys really learn? you know, it changed their ways. They don't usually do that. So I don't see him change his ways. I, I see them blowing three, four games by the way he coaches. And, and that obviously going to make the difference in a very competitive AFC West. Without question. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you look at the chargers improved playoff team, but the question is, are they the best team in the division? We'll see about that, but we got to head to it. We got to, we got to talk about another AFC team. who made a move on Saturday and that's the Cleveland Browns who traded for Amari Cooper and uh, I think yes, this improves their. This definitely improves them. They got a good, really good offensive line. Really, they released J.C. Treader yesterday. Got a really good offensive line. Uh, they, they got obviously they improve at receiver. Yes, they're not great at receiver outside of Cooper, but I think Cooper could be really good for this team. Uh, they obviously, you know, Jarvis Landry was good, but he missed a lot of games last year. They traded Odell Beckham, uh, so I, I, I think this is a good move for the Browns. The question is though, does this make this a playoff team? And it pretty much depends on who the quarterback is, and and that, that that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Say they trade, say, say they bring in Deshaun Watson, absolutely. Say they trade for Derek Carr, absolutely. But say Jimmy G's the quarterback, 
Probably not. Say, say you know, Baker Mayfield with this message is probably gone. Mm. But say Baker Mayfield's the quarterback, probably not. Say Jameis Winston's the quarterback, probably not. So for me, the answer to that question is it depends on who the quarterback is. Yeah, I'm with you there too because I, I think it does make a difference. You bring in a Watson. Again, I think they could finish second, maybe in first in that division, maybe. It's got to be hard. It's got to be hard. Lamar's yeah, got to stay healthy. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, like Lamar saying healthy, I you know, I, I the Ravens could win that thing. Again, like, it, you know, you bring a ba- – yeah, I think Baker's gone. But, like, at Jimmy G you bring in there, yeah, I could see them finishing fourth because I, I could see him finishing right there with the Steelers in third, fourth place, kind of battling that out. But the Steelers' defense, so being as good as it is, um, yeah, I, I think it just depends on who that quarterback is. You know, if you bring in a top guy like a Watson, I, I think they're going to – you know, they, they'll make the playoffs. They'll find a way to make the playoffs. I don't know if they'll win the North, but they'll be right there because I think this, they're talented enough. But yeah, I think Cooper is a good pickup for him. Uh, yeah, they cut Landry. You know, and as you mentioned with Cooper last year with the numbers, you know, that's Zach's guy. You know, I, I would assume whoever comes in and plays quarterback, that's going to be their guy. That's going to be the number one target. They got some good tight ends. But yeah, outside of that, at the wide receiver position, it's a little weak. We'll see what they do, you know, the rest of the offseason, the draft to kind of address that. But I think it was a good move for the Browns. Um, I think it was a nice pickup. For, you know, I know like Donovan Peoples Jones came on towards the end of the year, but yeah, it's just it's not deep after that, and it's such a competitive vision. Again, you play a team like the Bengals, even the Ravens, you're gonna have to put up some points, and I think it all depends on who that quarterback is if the Browns will play off to or not. Absolutely. And now speaking of the quarterback, Baker Mayfield sent a message to Browns fans looking like he is gonna be out of there. Uh, is going to be out of there, and there's a good chance he could be out of there. So really the options for the Browns, if Baker's not there, I'd say option number one is obviously is going to be assigned to a trade to trade for Deshaun Watson. And uh, obviously they have they have met with Deshaun Watson, so that could be that could be a strong possibility. Trade for Derek Carr. Uh, Oakland, the, the Raiders, Vegas might want to get rid of him, you know, with one more year left on his deal. So we'll see what happens there. Trade for Jimmy G. Uh, sign Jameis Winston or have Case Keenum start. And obviously the best options for them are to either trade for Deshaun Watson or Derek Carr, because as I said, they'll be a playoff team if they trade for those two guys. I think they'll be a playoff team if they trade for those two guys. Yeah, absolutely. Carr's Carr's a really good quarterback. Again, I I think you could put a team around him and you give him – I mean, he's had some weapons. He's had a good offensive line, but I think you put him in an organization that's going to help him get better. I think he could be in the conversation as a top ten quarterback. Obviously, I think Watson, when he's on the field, he is a top 10 quarterback, you know, with his athletic ability. You know, Jimmy G in that division, I think it's going to be very tough for him to be a playoff team. You know, Jameis Winston coming off the ACL. I know he he was playing all right with the Saints, but, I, you know, in that division, I think it's going to be very hard for him to still make the playoffs. And a very, it, that AFC is very competitive. There's a lot of really good teams in that conference, as we've mentioned. You know, now Russell Wilson coming over as well. Um yeah, I think, you know, the Browns, they do want to kind of get back to the playoffs. I think you either got to go Watson or Carr. I think those – I'm with you. Those are the two best options. You know, Jimmy G, could he stay healthy? It's, I think, you know, there is another big question. I, I just don't know. He hasn't been able to the last couple of years. Absolutely, absolutely. So so we'll see what happens there. Last Browns news, too, is just Jarvis Landry. He asked – he gets released because Amari Cooper comes in. I don't understand why your team's not in on him, but the two teams that are in on him are the Chiefs and the Saints. And obviously the better fit would be the Chiefs to be the number two to Tyree Kill and play with Patrick Mahomes. 
Yeah, um, I think the Saints, you know, he's from Louisiana, played at LSU. I think it would be a nice addition for him. Casey, yeah, I know they want to get a little bit better at the wide receiver position. Those are two good fits. It'll be interesting to see which one gets them. Can he stay healthy? I think another, you know, big point here too. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I think, yeah, both those teams are – would be good pickups for him for which other team gets – for whatever team gets Jarvis Landry would be a good pickup. Without question, absolutely, absolutely. It's going from one AFC North team to another AFC North team. We have the Steelers with Mitch Trubisky. They signed Trubisky. Uh, it was a team-friendly deal, kind of not a small deal. Uh, I, I think it was like seven million a year. Actually, more less than the Giants got signed for yeah. Tyron Taylor for. So, so a two-year deal. I don't mind it. I think he's a placeholder though for who the Steelers are going to draft as their franchise guy. And the big question is, do I think the steel does it stop the Steelers from getting a quarterback? Absolutely not. I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted a Malik Wills, a Kenny Pickett, or a Matt Corral in the first round. No, I'm with you. I think they still got to. I think we we know what Mitch Trubisky is. You know, I, I can't really see him improving this Steelers team too much from what Ben had it last year. So yeah, I think you still have to. I think you have to find that franchise guy. I know they brought in Dwayne Haskins, but it doesn't seem like that's going to work out. And I don't, you know. Thought maybe they could try to fix him and, and get him to be kind of the guy that Washington thought they were going to get when they drafted him. But yeah, I think you have to go with Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett. I think those are three good options to try to draft and try to find your franchise quarterback. You know, um, in a big in a in a, such a competitive division as we mentioned, it's it's going to be really important to kind of get that right guy right away. And, and in this division, I can't see Mr. Bisky competing at all with the Joe Burrows, the Lamar Jackson or whoever Cleveland's got a quarterback. Exactly. And the thing is, yeah, they signed James Daniels yesterday, but it's still, it's still not a good offensive line. Yeah, there's good weapons around him. Claypool and Deion, Deion and Johnson are good, and obviously Najee Harris is a good running back. But the, and, they have a, and they have a pretty good defense too, but the problem is I just think with the offensive line, and Trubisky, let's be honest, is just not good enough. He's, he's a quarterback that he's mobile, but he's inaccurate and he makes bad decisions. And I, I think that I think that if he's the starter, this should not stop the Steelers from getting a quarterback. Yeah, I think – this class of quarterbacks, they kind of have to – this is a class where a guy has to pretty much sit for his – they can't start day one. Trubisky will start day one, but the guy's got to sit for, you know, sit for almost the entire season and, and then say if the Steelers are out of the playoffs, they could play him. That, 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 that's the class. That, that's the thing about the quarterback class this year. Yeah, yeah, and that's a tough thing. You know, this year, yeah, you're going to have to kind of have like a one-year guy like – yeah, like a Mitch until you're really out of it and, you know, you could kind of take your – take have that quarterback kind of take their bumps here. Yeah, you know, I think next year, 2023, I think you're going to have a very good quarterback class. But, again, I don't see the Steelers being a top 10, you know. So, yeah, I think, yeah, you could find your guy this year kind of in that middle rounds. I think it's a be huge. Yeah, I think none of those guys are really ready. You know, Pickett's already 24, but, yeah, it's I don't – he had a huge year at Pitt, but, like, the last couple of years been some inconsistencies with him. So, I think, yeah, he's a, you know, he's a guy that's going to have to come in and sit. You know, Mitch Trubisky, I know he's not great, but he's been around a lot and could probably show some of these young guys kind of the ropes in the NFL, which I think would be good, too. So, you know, I, I do think it's a good idea to kind of bring him in, you know, for the year, see what he can do. Probably not going to find any magic or anything, but, yeah, until you kind of find your franchise guy, hopefully, not a bad option. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, see, what ha- we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens with the Steelers. But we got to get into the free agents. 
And we'll start with we'll start with uh, Marcus Williams of the Saint of the Saints. He had, he was the former Saint. He ended up signing with the Ravens five years, seven seven uh, seventy million. Uh, I think I think that's a good deal for the Ravens. Look at their secondary right now. If everyone can stay healthy, it's going to be a much different secondary than it was last year. Because if, if Merlin Humphrey and Marcus Peters can stay healthy, he's got Peters, you got Humphrey, and now you got Marcus Williams. So I think the Ravens have a really really good secondary. And then the Saints replaced him with Marcus May. From the they signed Marcus May to a smaller deal, a little bit of a downgrade, but still a decent safety there. So I think the Saints made out well after losing Marcus Williams. They end up picking Marcus May. Yeah, Marcus Williams. You know he's played he's played the most offensive snaps of defensive players since 2017. So he's been really reliable for Ravens secondary last year that was really banged up. You know uh, the last like five years too, he's ranked all time. He's eighth all time in for Saints and interceptions. You know he's been reliable. He's been a ball hawk for him. So, yeah, I think for the Ravens, it was a good pickup because it was very – I know they had so many injuries in that secondary last year. You know, usually that secondary is a lot better than it than it was. So, I think bringing Marcus Williams, and especially in the Division two, you're going to have to play Joe Burrow twice. You may have to even face now Deshaun Watson twice. You're going to see a lot of passing and trying to get a safety like that, Marcus Williams, to bring in and upgrade your secondary is very important. And then Marcus May, I thought he had a really good first year with the Jets, and I know last year he was kind of injured. They didn't – Jets didn't end up keeping him. But, yeah, I think it's a nice pickup. And I know they're just – the Saints are just, you know, just with the cap are still in such a tough situation. So, yeah, I think for what they got May for, I don't think it's a bad option for him, you know, for kind of, you know, their hands are pretty much tied in the cap situation. So, to lose Williams and you bring in a Marcus May, I don't think it's a bad option whatsoever. Absolutely. 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 So we'll look, we'll look at the Broncos and they did well. They did well yesterday, especially improving their D lineup. Randy Gregory's not great, but he's good. He can get pressure on the quarterback. You put him and Bradley Chubb together. If Bradley Chubb could stay healthy, that's, that, that's, that's really good. And then you got DJ, you added DJ Jones too. They need to add talent to this defense because, because Nathaniel Hackett's an offensive mind, not a defensive mind. So they need to add talent to this defense. They got a first year defensive coordinator. So I like the fact they added the talent that they did to this defense. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, Gregory again comes in and replaces Von Miller. I know he's not a Von Miller guy, but you get another veteran guy to come in this defense, help out. You know, yeah, you hope him and uh, Bradley Chubb could stay healthy this year. That's a pretty good pass rush. You know, you you need it too for the quarterbacks that you got in the division. Um, you're gonna need your defense to kind of get after them. So I, I do like that pickup, and then yeah, DJ Jones coming in as well to upgrade that front seven. He had a pretty good year, so. We'll see what he can do. Yeah, I, th- I thought Denver made some really nice pickups, as you mentioned. Two very young guys at head coach or off, you know, offensive guys at head coach. So, I think it was a good, um, good idea for the Broncos to really upgrade that defense. That's that's really been their calling card, you know, for almost what like the last decade. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we look at the Cowboys. It was a rough, it's been a rough re-injury for the Cowboys. Randy Gregory, it looked like was going to sign there. He ends up going to the Broncos, and and yet they did sign Michael Gallup. They got him back, so you'll have him and CD together. But Connor Williams signs with the Dolphins, which I don't totally mind mind that pickup, mind them losing him. But the problem is, it looks like they're going to lose Lyle Collins, and Tyron Smith is really wearing down as a left tackle. The Cowboys' offensive line could be in big trouble next year, and just overall as a whole, the biggest takeaway there with the Cowboys is they uh, they're they're going to I think they're going to be in trouble next year anyways. They, I, I guarantee you, they will not win more. They won't win twelve games next year. They're probably around a 9-10, 11-win team at best. And then the Eagles improved. I thought getting Hassan Reddick, he's not great, but on a defensive line with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Brandon Graham could, could, get, could, could stay healthy, and they have Fletcher Cox. I think they the Eagles, they're not great either, but they added their defensive line. Their defensive line. So it could be very, very, 
close. It could be neck and neck with the Cowboys in the NFC East this year. Seeing that the Eagles have three first-round picks, seeing that the Cowboys got worse, it could be neck and neck with the Cowboys and Eagles in the NFC East this year. Yeah, it totally could be. You know, the Cowboys lost some big pieces. It's, you know, both sides, you know, yeah, Tyron Smith's not the same guy. Gregory, that was, you know, um, sounded like something went wrong there with the guaranteed money with Dallas. So, yeah, it sounds like, you know, Dallas, again, the contract they gave Zeke is, that was ridiculous. That was not Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones won his finest moments. And Oh, Zeke's contract have, was a, yeah. is a disaster. It's a disaster. Yeah. And it's the reason the Cowboys don't have Amari Cooper anymore. Yeah, don't forget, Cooper's been outstanding for him. Uh, keeping Gallup's is nice. I know they probably may add another one in free agency or in the draft. But, yeah, you know, their offensive line, again, they had a ton of penalties last year. They're kind of, you know, that's – their offensive line now is kind of getting broken up here. So, yeah, I don't see Dallas winning. They're definitely going to take a step back. You're going to play a first-place roster this year, which is going to be tough. So, yeah, I, I could see Dallas maybe being, you know, eight – yeah, eight, nine wins. Maybe even, you know, somewhere around there. I think with Dak, you know, we'll see what else they can do. But – you know, um, I just – Dan Quinn did a great job of that defense, you know. But we'll see what he's able to do this year if they can kind of, you know, pick up some other other couple pieces for him. Who knows? But, yeah, I think Dallas right now, I think they're takes that back. Eagles, yeah, are going to be right there. Even maybe – even Washington maybe. I, I know – As we said last uh, week, it depends on how that front four plays. Yeah. If the front four plays the way it did this year where they were up and down, they're not winning the division. If the front four can play like it did in 2020 – they got a good chance because th- even though Carson Wentz isn't great, this is the best quarterback Washington has had, has had since Kirk Cousins. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, you know, you know he's not great, Carson Wentz, but, yeah, he's better than what they've had. And actually, Sefton just reported J.D. JD McKissick is returning to Washington after I, – I guess when they fell through with the Bills, so they get him back as another backup running back, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I think Washington may be right there as well as long as their defense can play the way it is. It did, you know, if Young can stay healthy again, if they can get more in the secondary, I think they could be right there as well. They, I think they're, yeah, watch it. I think it's going to be right around 500. So, yeah, and it's probably not going to be a great division, but I think it's going to go down to like week 18 or whatever. It, it, it'll, it'll go down that final week, I feel like. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So one team that went a little crazy in free agency, but it really didn't win free agency, was the Jaguars. I like the addition of Brandon Sheriff. Uh, Evan Ingram, one year, $9 million. Okay, you could you, you take that. You take that talented, but he still has issues dropping balls. But the and then you know they got Zaya Jones. Didn't love that move. Got Darius Williams. Didn't mind that move. The one move that was just they overpaid. The one move they completely overplayed a guy was Christian Kirk. Are you kidding me? Four years, seventy-two million for Christian Kirk. You saw this Cardinals offense with DeAndre Hopkins went down. This guy has no ability to carry your offense at all. Eighteen million dollars for Christian Kirk. Are you kidding me? That is a horrible, horrible – just get the – if you're going to pay that, just you're better off just just paying – just just keeping – re-signing DJ Shark. You're going to pay $18 million to a slot receiver, a receiver that is good to above average at best, at best. $18 million for Christian Kirk. Are you kidding me? Get me. Get me his agent. I want his agent. I, I, I'd love to know who his agent is because he did a great job getting him that deal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He did. That was surprising. I, I wish I, I – I don't know why you just don't keep DJ Shark inside. I don't – I don't really get that move, but I, I I don't know. I don't know what the Jaguars were thinking there. The Sheriffs, I, I I do like. I think, you know, I know he's kind of, you know, had some injury history, but I think that's a guy that's one, still when he's healthy, he's one of the best to protect your franchise quarterback. I was, so they need to do that. They struggled last year with doing that. So 
I think that's a you know Breeze Sheriff's. I think he's a great pickup for Washington. You mean Evan Jaguar, Ingram? You mean the Jaguars? Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, for uh, Jacksonville. But yeah, uh, for Evan Ingram, I just don't get. You're paying a guy nine million dollars for a job to catch the football, and he can't do that. I it seems a little like they overpaid for him too. I know when he's, you know, you know he's got a lot of talent, like, but he just has not displayed that whatsoever. I don't know if Jackson was going to be able to change that. I know they don't had they didn't have much else really at the tight end spot. But yeah, I know Jacksonville tried to spend. They're trying to do what they can to kind of help out Trevor Lawrence here. I like to share this one, but yeah, the Christian Kirk one made zero sense. Yeah, outside, I'm like, I know he had a most reception yards and, and most catches for a year, but like, you know, they had guys banged up and yeah, when they when they're when they have Hopkins, he can, you know, it's a diff, it's a different offense. Yeah, know, with, he's not, with Kirk, when Kirk had to be the man, he couldn't be the man. Okay. Yeah. But Jacksonville, because of his numbers, he had almost a thousand receiving yards last year. But but Jackson, but 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 his agent said, "All right, he's he's worth that money," and they got a team that was willing to pay, him, and they've completely overpaid him. Yeah, absolutely. They they overpaid for for him. Um, I didn't get it. I think Sharks a better receiver though. That's why I don't hate you too. I don't know how much more he would have gotten. Or he, he only got one year, twelve million. DJ Shark from the Lions. Oh yeah, because he went to Lions. Yeah, I I still think Shark's a bit better. I know he played at Jacksonville. I know his numbers like don't are aren't, aren't eye popping, but I. Rather have kept him than Kirk. I don't know, but again, I know Jacksonville's trying here, but yeah, I I just didn't like the um the Christian Kirk one. I, I thought they way overpaid for him. Absolutely not. Absolutely, they absolutely overpaid for him. And then the Chiefs, they go out and they sign uh Justin Reed from the Texans. Uh, and the thing there is, there it shows you Tyron Matthews probably gone. It's a downgrade, but they couldn't pay Tyron Matthew all that money if they want to sign a number two like Jarvis Landry. Yeah, they can't. So, yeah, you know, Matthew's gone. I like how they kind of got younger in that secondary, bringing to Justin Reed. He's still 25 years old, young guy, um, you know, on the back end there. So I do like the the addition there for Kansas City. They do need to get better in the, in the secondary. And at Division Two, as we've mentioned, you got Herbert, you got Wilson, you got Derek Carr, you got three really good quarterbacks, and you're really going to have to, um, you know, make some stops. I know the Chiefs are going to be able to outscore pretty much anybody they play, but you still got to play some defense. I think bringing it Justin Reed is a really nice pickup for him. And, you know, I, I like what the Chiefs said there. And, yeah, obviously you can't um, you get Matthew. You're, you got to try to get Jarvis, as I know they're trying to get Jarvis Landry still as well. Yes, yes. And at this point, free agency is still very young, still very young. And usually by this point, some of the deals are done. But this year, I think with a lot of guys that are, you know, have some injury history, a little bit older, like a Tyron Armstead has never played a full season. I think that's why there's a wait. Uh, Chandler Jones, Von Miller, teams probably don't want to put to give to give them in that in that in that twenty million range. Uh, Zadarius Smith probably too. You still have Stephon Gilmore, an older corner. They probably don't want to pay him, you know, in that eighteen twenty million range. You have Keem Hicks, and obviously you got OBJ and and Antonio Brown. So still, there's still a lot. Free agency is still very young. The league year begins at four o'clock, so you're probably going to see these deals start to come in, in the next few days. But we got to talk about a player from the defending champs that that retired yesterday, and that's Andrew Whitworth. And I think I knew it was going to happen. Uh, he, and he's but he's an outstanding player. He really was. I, to me, he's a Hall of Famer. Andrew Whitworth is a Hall of Famer. I mean, he was great for the Rams for in his in his in his five years there. 
but he also he he also was great for the Cincinnati for the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, he was a big reason why I think Andy Dalton had success in Cincinnati because he was one of the top left tackles in football when, when he was there. So Andrew Whitworth is gone. I think the Rams they might not they're obviously not going to be as good on the offensive line, but I think they have some they have some they, they signed a couple guys, so I don't think they're going to it's going to affect it completely affect them. But there's there's still still their offensive line won't be as good without Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a tough loss. You know, he's been a leader, sixteen years in the league. Uh, you know, goes out with that Super Bowl, which is good. Uh, yeah, you know, he's one of the best in the game. He's been one of the best in the game for a while. Um, he's been a great protector at the tackle spot. So I think, yeah, I think it's a it's a tough tough loss. I think you you lose a guy in that in that locker room that is a leader. That is really tough as well. Um, and it's it's tough to replace a guy like Andrew Withers. But yeah, I, I still think the Rams. They'll find a way to get through. Their roster's still really talented enough. So it's a tough loss, but the Rams will find a way to kind of get through it. All righty. We got to get to the local teams now. And one local team is not doing anything in free agency so far. And that's the Patriots. And it, it almost makes no sense why they're not doing anything. They're not in on Amari. I, I said last week, if they don't sign a big-time receiver, a, a, good, a really good receiver, or J.C. Jackson – uh, this team is in a Super Bowl contender, and the what and and and, and what they're and they're even worse than I thought they'd be at this point because they traded Shaq Mason away. So one of the strengths on the team gets even worse. I, I think the Patriots have had a miserable, miserable off off season so far. I mean, how they weren't in on Amari Cooper, I don't get that. But what I don't get anymore is how you don't bring back J.C. Jackson. He's a, he was undrafted. You guys developed him. You guys helped make him the player that he was. And then you don't re-sign him. And I heard, oh, they wanted to give him a three-year, $51 million deal. They just didn't want to give him the fourth year. Give the guy the fourth year. It makes no sense at all. And this whole, you know, oh, culture over over uh, over player or system over player needs to stop in New England. Because that's a big reason why they haven't won a playoff game since they won their last Super Bowl. Things are not good. And if you want your quarterback to succeed next year, Mac Jones, I think he's could be good. I think he'd be a B plus quarterback, but he's not as talented as Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert. He needs pieces around him. And right now, the Patriots are not putting pieces around him. To me, this defense is significantly worse without JC Jackson. Because Matt Judon, you think, oh, Matt Judon, it was it was a home run. It was a, it was a great pickup, but he was great for he was great for 13 games. After the bye week, he went MIA. And the defense really suffered. The defense really started not to play well after that. The Patriots right now are in trouble. Right now, I think they're the eighth best team in the AFC. I think obviously the Bills are better, the Chiefs are better, the the Bengals are better, the Ravens are better, the Titans are better, the Broncos are better, and the Chargers are better. And you can't deny that because they all have outside of the Titans, they all got better quarterbacks and better roster. And the Titans and the Titans have a better roster than the Patriots. But six of those teams have a better better quarterback and a better roster. And the Titans have a better roster than the Patriots. Yeah, so I, I assume Terrence Mitchell didn't move the needle for you this morning. No, uh, you... no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. No. Not at all. I, yeah, I did it for me either. Uh, Hector's comment, could the reason the Bulls haven't done anything is because they have $2.6 million in salary they had cap? About, they had about $13 million going into free. I know they have so. much. Yeah, I know they didn't have much. They're not like last year. But. Yeah, but they, they got to they stop the salary cap stuff. Figure it out. Figure yeah. out a way to get J.C. Jackson back on this team. And they've let Jackson and they've let Gilmore walk. It's, and it's other bad decisions, too, over the years. I mean, you know, passing on Debo Samuel, passing on DK Metcalf, passing on A.J. Brown, you know, passing on Nick Chubb. It's all these decisions. And then, obviously, you know, thinking they thinking Tom Brady's best days are behind him, which they were wrong about that. 
So it's just the, the personnel decisions of Bill Belichick have been absolutely horrendous. And if this continues, they may have to sit him down and say, if they have a bad year this year, they're under 500, they may have to sit him down and say, just coach the team and we'll get somebody to handle personnel. Because that's the biggest reason why the Patriots have had have not been as good. Yeah, yeah, they have been. I just it Bill's just, you know, again, I just, you know, it, it, he's approaching like he still got Brady. If Brady's going to be able to get this out of this mess, and it doesn't really matter. Brady's Brady. And, look, I hope Matt Jones become that, but, look, but nobody's going to be Tom Brady ever again. I think Matt Jones is going to be a pretty good quarterback. But, yeah, if you keep doing this to him and you keep throwing away – because he's not a mobile guy. He's still kind of learning the protections. He's still kind of learning the blitz pack. You know, he's still kind of learning. And he destroys offensive line. You, and you, you get rid of a guy like Shaq Mason has been in the league so long. You kind of, um, you know, figure out kind of where the blitz are coming from. You know, he can kind of sense all that too and kind of, you know, you lose a veteran guy. I just, yeah, I don't really get it. Again, yeah, Terrence Mitchell, I, again, this morning, just that really did nothing for me. Again, I, I he can't be our number one cornerback, but he may have to. Like, it just, I don't, I don't know. You know, wide receiver-wise, it, it sounded like they did a ton on out. They were, they watched down Robinson a lot. They really did their homework on him. But, again, I haven't really seen that they've offered him. I, I heard today they're watching George um, – at George's pro game, they're really taking a good look at George Pickens. I, again, I, I George you, you, Pickens, you, come on now. What's he like a second round pick? Probably. The Alabama wide receivers, like Mechie's like really trying to come to new, you know, he's kind of, you know, wants to read on Matt. I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, wide receiver, they got to get a lot better at. Again, they brought James White back, which I like. I think that's going to help out too. He's a dual guy, the running game and passing game. But, yeah, I just – I don't know what they're doing. You know, I know Matthew Judon's recruiting some guys. But, again, it it's kind of hard to recruit guys when you don't really offer them a contract. So No, exactly. That's exactly. that's a problem. And, yeah, yeah I, I'm not very optimistic right now. And, yeah, I'm like – again, we just we got punked by the Bills. Absolutely Oh, punked. I mean, li- listen, by the end of the year, the Bills were clearly the best team in that yeah. division. Everybody says, oh, the Patriots had a two-game lead in December. If you take that game away, that, that Monday night game where the weather conditions were absolutely terrible, if you take that game away, the Bills win the division by three games. And that playoff game definitely represented the difference between those two teams. It completely represented the difference between those between those two teams. The, the Bills are clearly the best team in the AFC East. And the problem is the Patriots aren't making things better with you know trading Shaq Mason, letting J.C. Jackson walk. They're not making their team better uh, making these decisions. And you, and you hit the nail on the head. Bill Belichick is, is acting like Tom Brady is still the quarterback making this moves. Personnel has been a hole. It was even a hole of the Patriots during the dynasty. That was their biggest hole. The, 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 the biggest reason they had the dynasty was they had the greatest quarterback of all time and arguably the greatest coach of all time. But the hole was personnel. And, you know, back in the day, they could get, you know, they can get rid of a lawyer Malloy. They can get rid of a, you know, a, a Richard Seymour. They can get rid of, they could, they could trade a Chandler Jones. They could trade a Jamie Collins and get away with it. You cannot get away with that now without Tom Brady. And that's what Bill Belichick seemed not to realize. He does. He th- still thinks that, oh, I could just, the, the, the culture and the system are going to work. No. The reason you got here early in the, di- the, or the early years is because you had two Hall of Famers on defense in Tom Brady. And the reason you won the, all these Super Bowls is because you had the greatest quarterback ever. And especially, especially in the second half of his career, Brady was absolutely incredible. He's not realizing why he won these championships. He's still thinking, oh, it's the system, the system. Anybody can, can, you can plug anyone in here and it'll work. No, that's a reason why you haven't won a playoff game since 2018. Yeah, that's that's been the issue. You know, yeah, it just, again, the, 
Pedro Doe had a good roster, but it was like they never had any other like you know like after like the Seymour left after you know all that they didn't have like many Hall of Famers outside of Tom Brady in that roster. They had a lot of good pieces. They didn't have like the great elite. They had some, but like not you know not Tom. But yeah, as, as you mentioned, yeah, they could kind of get away with that because of Tom Brady. Now again, again as we mentioned, I think Mac Jones is being like I know you think he is too. But yeah, he's not going to be able to win you a Super Bowl. And you just look at what what Joe Burrow's got around him, what Justin Herbert's got around him, what Mahomes has around him. You know what, like a you know uh, Russell Wilson's got around him. He's got some young talent. You know, even Ryan Tannehill's got some talent with him. So yeah, that's the thing. He doesn't have any talent around him. And again, for a year two quarterback, again, he you know, I just and for a guy that at Alabama had so much talent and and you know. I know this year had to be kind of obviously different for him. And I don't know. I don't know who's walking to that door right now. I, I, I really don't. And yeah, it's just, again, it, it gets very frustrating because it's like the way the bills kind of beat us last year. Again, they, you know, again, I don't want to see the bills beat us like that again, you know, but I'm afraid that's going to happen the next four or five years. If we don't fix anything, you know, that, that that's what I'm concerned about. Cause yeah, you know, Josh Allen is just going to continue to, uh, just just feast off of us like again they didn't punt the last two times we played them or they may have punted once in the i don't game. think they punted either game no, i don't think they punted yeah, either game with josh allen i don't think they punted either game yeah i think like the only i think allen they had one turn with the bills in the first game of five throw but yeah the last two games I, they did not punt that that's saying something and the problem that, is saying something. and the problem is there's no identity there's no identity last year they go out and sign a bunch of free agents i mean they go out and sign a bunch of free agents and all those free agents are not as good as uh are not as good as jc jackson Matt Judon had, was was really good, but he's not as good as J.C. Jackson. Kendrick Bourne had a decent year, but obviously he's not the player J.C. Jackson was. And Nelson Aguilar and Jonah Smith were disasters, were absolute disasters. Uh, so they, 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 they go out and spend, and now they don't want to pay J.C. Jackson. So there's just, like, no identity with what they want to do. It's just I feel like there's really no identity. I mean, obviously they still are a very well-coached team, and that's their identity on the field. But in the front office, it feels like there's no identity with what, what direction they want to go in. Do they want to, you know, build through the draft? Or do they want to build through free agency? It just looks like they're all over the place. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think it's a great point. Because, yeah, it just last year was like, okay, let's try to change our strategy here. Let's try to build through free agency. That didn't work. Now it's like, okay, now it kind of feels like, yeah, they're kind of go back to the draft. But, like, again, they haven't drafted that well lately. That, that's been the issue. You know, that was something Bill was really good. You know, they were able to kind of find talent late rounds, you know, kind of. Again, J.C. Jackson was an undrafted guy. Like, that was kind of their thing. You know, they were able to develop those guys, you know, late third-rounders or or just late third-day guys or undrafted guys. Yeah, they just – they haven't done that lately much. And that's that's the issue. And it's just like I, I want to trust that they'll figure this thing out or they'll figure out the direction. But it's like I'm not getting any hope and I'm not really seeing anything that's going to change anything real soon because – Again, the only one that seems like he's doing anything is Matthew Judon of recruiting. You know, I just, yeah, it just, it's frustrating. Cause yeah, I just don't know what we're going in. And again, I don't know what Mike McDaniel is going to be like in Miami, but they've kind of been us the last couple of years. We, we, they've had our number. So I, you know, just, it's just, it's very interesting right now. And again, it, I just, yeah, I don't know what direction we're going in. I'm not really optimistic about the upcoming year. Like I'm kind of probably going to, Right now, I think probably like a seven, eight win team. I'd say, I'd say, I'd say eight and maybe nine, just because the only saving grace for the Patriots is 
The other two teams, they have two of probably the worst organizations in the last two decades. And probably one of the two, of the two of the worst organizations in the last decade in their division. They got the Dolphins and the Jets. So they, so without Flores, they they could they could beat the Dolphins one time, and they could beat the Jets twice. So I would say eight or nine wins. But right now, they are absolutely not a Super Bowl contender. And at this point, they should be a Super Bowl contender because if you look at what the Bengals did, the Bengals and Chargers were in worse positions than they were two years ago, and they're clearly Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they absolutely. Absolutely. They're they're not they're nowhere close right now. And yeah, and I figured the way the Bills beat them and finished them off, I, I figured that'd get Bill Belichick, you know, the, the motivation here to really go out, develop the defense, keep a J.C. Jackson and try to continue to build around, get more secondary pieces. But no, it, it seems like it's gone the other way here last, you know, the last few days of, of what they've been doing. You know, you, you lose Mason, you lose Jackson, it's and you get two fifth rounders for Shaq Mason. Like, really? You know, I think he's still a really talented offensive lineman. You lose him. I, I just, yeah, I just, again, right now, it just kind of seems like, yeah, there's, you mentioned there's no direction right now, which is frustrating. Yeah, it helps the Jets and Dolphins just can never get out of their own way. But, yeah, other than that, yeah, the Bengals, the Chargers, again, they've been great. The last, they figure things out. Yeah, we're, we're just, again, we're just still sitting here. And, again, the Bills just, the way the Bills beat us, I, I figured we'd really motivate Belichick, but it just does not seem like that's happened yet. Not at all, not at all, not at all. So we're going to get to my team with the Giants. Uh, they haven't done that much in free agency. Obviously, they don't have a ton of cap space. I mean, they, they look. Blake Martinez is coming back. Sterling Shepard's coming back. They restructured those deals. We'll see what happens with James Bradbury. Uh, but uh, yesterday, I, th- I like how Joe Shane, not big, big moves, but he's improving the line. I like the Mark Lewinsky signing. I think he's clearly better than Matt Skur and Will Hernandez. So he'll definitely be one of our starting guards without question. And then getting uh, – I think John Feliciano from the Bills. Obviously, Joe Shane knows him. I mean, he was a backup there, backup guard. But he could. I, I'm hearing he could play some center for the Giants. So they're starting to slowly improve this offensive line. This is a this is a rebuilding year for the Giants. I mean, we'll 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 see what happens. I'm not expect as a Giants fan. I'm expecting six or seven wins. But the, the only pot the, the positive for the Giants is it just can't get worse than last year. Last year was rock bottom. Last year they hit rock bottom. I mean, we ripped them a bunch of times on this show. This year, hopefully, even though it's a six or seven win season, we could be saying that they're that the, we could be saying that they're showing growth. And 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 finally, for me, they got a GM outside the organization. So we'll see what Joe Shane does. We don't know, but I do think they made they made some baby steps uh, the last couple of days. Yeah, they, they do. I think again, you get Tyra Taylor. Pretty much any quarterback you would have gotten for a backup was going to be better than Jake Fryer and Mike Lennon. So. Bring it to a guy like Tyra Taylor is pretty. It's a it's a good pickup there. Yeah, and I, I think you know the line the off of the line pickups you guys got. I think is because you guys really. I know they're not going to be like total game changers, but like I think you guys really need to find a way to kind of fix that line restructure because that's you know that was like um, Gettleman's first thing he like pretty much said was you know we're going to fix he, that and, and he completely right. failed doing it. He yeah. couldn't have failed worse doing it too. No, he couldn't. So now, yeah, Andrew like, Thomas, he couldn't have failed worse. Yeah. Yeah, besides Thomas, that was like the only one that they've kind of figured out the last few years. But yeah, you know, uh, so I, I think, yeah, the Giants are trying here. You know, I, I think, yeah, they're, again, the only thing they kind of show some hope in that, again, they can't be as worse as they were last year. You know, you hope guys stay healthy, especially offensively. But yeah, I, I think the Giants did show some growth with the few days for, for what they've done. I think they did need to kind of restructure that offensive line. No, like, yeah, big game changers here. But I think they did do a good job here, kind of restructuring it, try to kind of figure out a new combination here on the offensive line, maybe. 
And um, again, I know you got two first round picks, I would assume, or two top 10 picks. Two more of them is probably going to be an offensive lineman as well. So because that, that that's a huge thing, especially if you think Daniel Jones is your guy. You really got to build that off of the line for him. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, that's going to be the biggest thing. I think they're going to. I think they're. I, I think they're going to address the offensive line in in the draft. I think with one of their two first round picks, they're going to take an offensive lineman, maybe take a corner, probably take a corner or edge rusher with that with that second pick. But yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens here. It's a rebuild. It's going to take some time for the Giants to to to, to be to be a uh, to be a, uh, a Super Bowl contender. Obviously, it's probably going to take you know two or three years for them to be maybe maybe. You know, the, the maybe in 2023 they can be a playoff contender. 2024 be a Super Bowl contender. But the good part about it is for the Giants, they got a they they got a they got a new voice trying to bring this franchise back, which we've needed for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a dark kind of decade for the Giants and Giant fans. Yeah, you know, bringing a new GM outside the organization was huge. I think it's a, it was a step in the right for step in the right um, direction. You know, step direction, yeah, for. Um, you know, for the Giants, because, yeah, you know, um, just um, Merritt, just again, they just never wanted to go outside the organization. I think for him kind of shows that he's willing to do it. And I think he knows that they got to change and they got to figure something out and they got to kind of change the Giants ways, they like to call it. So I, I think it was a good step there. And, yeah, I think, you know, for the Giants, yeah, as long I think, yeah, as long next year you can kind of – I think as long as you kind of see this team better than they were week one – or, you know, as long as they're better towards the end of the season than they were at the beginning of the season, I, I think it's, it's going to, you know, it's a good thing for the Giants because, you know, last year, it, there was, again, it got worse. You know, the, you know, each week got worse, it seemed like, for them. So, yeah, as long as they kind of keep improving a little bit, you know, each week, I, I think the Giants, you know, are, are, could get back there. We'll see what they do in the draft. And, you know, hopefully in two years, you're kind of sitting there, kind of competing, you know, trying to get back in the playoffs. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up for our NFL talk. But the NCAA tournament, as we all know, the uh, round of 64. I'm not saying the NCAA tournament because it started last night. The round of 64 starts tomorrow. But before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. All right, we got the we got the NCAA tournament started last night. The round of sixty four starts tomorrow. We'll start with UConn's region, the West region, and I think pretty much the, the first question we're going to have is our thoughts about UConn going into this region. You look you look at the West region. Duke's in this region. Gonzaga's in this region. Arkansas's in this uh, Arkansas's in this region. It is a, it is a, a, a pretty tough region. You you also have uh, 
we also got Texas Tech in this region, Alabama in this region. So it's a tough region. I think for UConn, I'm th- I'm thinking I'm thinking uh, t- two wins. I have them in my bracket right now, winning. I have them beating obviously San Diego State, and I got to beat Arkansas. I know a lot of people might not have them beating Arkansas, but I got to beating Arkansas. I think their size will be the it will be the difference. And obviously, as a UConn fan, you're a little biased, so that's why I got them beating Arkansas. But there's I think their size will be a little bit will be the difference with Sanago. Sanago can play, can play better than he did in the biggest tournament. Their size will be the difference against Arkansas. That's why I got them winning two games, but I definitely have them losing to Gonzaga in at the sweet 16. Yeah. I'm still going back and forth on them in Arkansas. Cause I think the problem with, with um, Arkansas, Jalen Williams, the center, he's going to play up top and he, cause he can shoot it. So he's going to have Sanago. He's going to have to play up in the perimeter defensively. And I think that's going to be a problem. And I'm kind of worried about that with the ball screens and all that. So that that that's my biggest concern going to Arkansas. Again, and they're just so up and down shooting the three the Razorbacks are. I guess even UConn is. So I think they can beat Arkansas, but I think Jalen Williams would be a very tough assignment. They are bigger. UConn's bigger than the Razorbacks, but Jalen Williams kind of get you know, um, I think could be a be a bit of a problem for the Huskies. But I, I could definitely see him in the Sweet 16. I don't think they'll go beat Gonzaga, but We've seen Drew Timmy struggle against physical big. So if Sanayas play physical with them, I don't think they win that game, but maybe they keep it close. That's that that that, that would be I hope against the dog. Keep it close. Absolutely, absolutely. But before they get there, they have to beat New Mexico State, who won the WAC and has the WAC player of the year in Teddy Allen. Uh going into this game, what problems could Teddy Allen present for UConn going into the game? He's a tremendous score. He's a Nebraska transfer and West Virginia transfer. He averaged 16 and a half points last year in Nebraska. So he's averaging 19 this year in Mexico State. The guy can score, and they're going to run a lot of ISO for him. They're going to just let him kind of go and you know, try to break guys down and, and just get a bucket. So, and I think, dude, I, I, I got to imagine Andre Jackson to guard him, and I like Jackson as a defender, but he's not a great, Allen's not a great three point shooter. I think he's like 31% on the year. He's going to get to the basket, he's going to go get to the line. That's what Nebraska, that's what New Mexico state likes to do. They like to get to the basket, um, try to draw some fouls. I think they've taken like a hundred more free throws than their opponents, but um, you know, Allen, Allen just, he's a tremendous scorer. He's not really a, you know, can't shoot the three, but mid range finishing wise, he's a pretty good free throw shooter as well. Um, you know, he, I don't, I, you know, it'll be interesting if they kind of respect his three ball. If he hits one or two, I think he'll play tight on him up there, but I, I think you make, you see if he can make a couple first for you really kind of um, really guard him out there, you know, because he, he's so good with the drive and he, he's able to kind of get to the rim. Um, and it's a toughest test for him. It's Allen. He can get to the rim. Yeah. But the good part about it is with him not being able to shoot threes, UConn's defense and sag off the three point line, give him that shot. And pretty much they could, they could pack the pain if he drives. So I think, they're going to be in good shape, and that's why I think they win this game. And I think they win it by double digits. I think they, I know they, 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 they played, they lost to Villanova. They played them tough. I think they advance and win this game by double digits. Yeah, I think they win. I, you know, this is a favorable matchup because even the New Mexico State athletic directors thought they were going to be a thirteen or fourteen seed. So, like out of all the twelve seeds, you kind of got like probably the best one, best matchup. Um, but this is a team that has a lot of term experience. They, you know, um, or you know, this team's kind of. You know, they um, always seem like they win the whack the last couple of years. You know, they should have had Auburn beat a couple of years ago. Um, but, yeah, I think this is a tight game. I think, you know, for UConn, they're good. You know, New Mexico State's 
strength is rebounding. That's UConn's as well. So they should be able to kind of, you know, it'll be interesting there, but hopefully you can keep them off the glass. And UConn, too, in this game, I think glide ball turns be huge because the Mexico State, they're very loose with the ball. Um, they're very careless with it. They average like 14 a game. You know, um, they're up there for the most turnovers, you know, a game in the country. So I think UConn can kind of get some transition points in this game. I like Chris James as a coach, so I think they'll keep this thing close. But I think UConn does find a win to win this game. And I, I being a Buffalo, too, I got to – obviously, there's going to be a good amount of UConn fans as well that will help them, you know, get the edge there. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we go into this region. Uh, who is the sleeper team, in your opinion, that can make a run in this region? I love – I was between Davidson and Memphis, but I got Davidson. Um, I think they could uh, – Opposed problems here for Michigan State because I Michigan State doesn't have a lot of athletic I, ability. I have them beating Michigan State. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I don't, Michigan State. You know, because I think the thing is, I think some of the problem for the Big Ten too in the tournament is it's the way they call games. I think Big Ten they kind of let you play, they let you be physical in the tournament. They don't usually allow you to do that, and I and I think Davidson's gonna be able to expose that. Davidson's not great defensively. But they have a lot of really good shooters. Bob McCaleb is one of the best coaches in college basketball, and he's been running that positionless basketball for the last like 15, 20 years there. Um, you know, Foster Lawyer, the Michigan State transfer, he's having an outstanding year with the Wildcats. He's averaging 16 and a half a game. He can shoot, and then they got this um junior forward. I'm probably gonna mess up his name. It's um Hun Jin Lee. He's averaging, I think, you know, almost 20 a game. He's a flat-out shooter. Um, he had a rough game against Richmond, but usually after he's had one bad game, you know, he usually has a breakout when the next. I think they can knock off Duke because of their issues that they um, – Duke really defensively has showed the last few weeks. I think they, they could get Davidson some problems. And then I, I think they could knock off Texas Tech too. You know, I, I think that would be a tough one for them. But Texas Tech's not a big scoring team. They, I think they can hit down, knock down enough shots. I think Davidson could make a run. You know, obviously they did in 2007 with Curry. Um, and I think Lee could be that guy to kind of carry him because he, he gets spot out too. I love this Davidson team. Not great defensively, but offensively, they, they, they're going to put up a lot of points. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. And is there a good chance? You got Duke and Gonzaga in the same region. Is there a good chance we see those teams meet up in the Elite Eight? I don't think so. I, <laughs> I, I don't think so. You knew you would go. I knew you would go against Duke. Yeah. Again, what I. The last two weeks, what good has came out of Duke? They should have lost to Syracuse. Miami had them on the ropes. Virginia Tech absolutely exposed them. I don't see – I think there's a ton of pressure on these players because Coach K had to bring out his own retirement tour. He had to, he had to announce his retirement in June. I know he says, I don't want all the attention, but he did because what other college coaches retired six months before the season? I You know, again, there's a – this is what happened when you had a ton of freshmen. There is so much pressure on this Duke team, and you could see it the last few weeks. You saw it the North Carolina game. You saw it the Virginia Tech game. You saw it the Syracuse game. They're not playing defense very well. I think either Davidson or Michigan State knocks them off, or I think Texas Tech gets them. So, I, so where, where do you have them losing right now? I think the Savior bet trying the Sweet 16, but don't be surprised if Michigan State or Davidson beat them. Wow, Michigan wow. State – He's just had some success against. Uh, he has. He, he, he did beat. Uh, he beat him. In, he beat him in the, in the, the year uh, oh, Duke had Zion. He beat him. So yeah, Izzo has had some success in the tournament. I remember he beat him like back in like 05 too. So Izzo yeah. has had some success against Coach K. It definitely has had some success against Coach K in the tournament. But but for me, I do have Duke and Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. 
I, I just defensively, I can't see it right now. I think there's a ton of pressure on that on that team right now. You know, because again, it, it's all about kind of K right now. It's all about, oh, they got to go win the national championship for K. It's a bunch of freshmen. And I think they're just, again, I just don't think they're going to be able to, to play to their, their potential right now. I, I just, I can't see it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens there. So who do you have winning this region? I got Gonzaga. Yeah, I got Gonzaga. I, I don't like to go chalk here, but I just, again, I, I think they they rematched uh, Duke again. I think they beat them in Texas Tech. I think the other option they might get, they overwhelmed them back in December when they played with their size. I think Texas Tech could keep it close, but Texas Tech really had a trouble slowing them down. And I think Gonzaga would overwhelm them. The one issue, though, is when I talk to Sanago and the bigs and kind of playing physical, there's a lot of big physical guys that are going to play with Timmy. Jalen Duran at Memphis, um, Arms at Boise, you know, UConn at Sanago, you know, Arkansas got Jalen Williams, Tech's got, um, you know, Santos Silva, Duke's got, you know, you saw what Duke with Paulo and Mark Williams was able to do with them. You know, Michigan State's physical. So I think that's the one issue Gonzaga could run into to here, but I think they should be able to win this region. But also you have Holmgren who could double that guy yeah. in the post, and, they can, and then, 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 the, then the big's got to kick it out. So I don't think that's going to be too big. Timmy's defense is going to be too big of an issue. And I just think Gonzaga's the best team, and they're on the West Coast, so that's why I got them winning this region. But moving on to the South region, and I think the big story in the South region is, is was Tennessee underseeded Oh, after winning the SEC, in my opinion, they should not be a three seed. Those seeds should have flipped. I would have given Villanova the three seed because that Big East championship game was not well played at all. They won a Big East championship game that was not well played. And I would the the big the uh, SEC is definitely the better conference in the Big East. I would have Tennessee a two seed and Villanova a three seed. So I do think Tennessee was uh, underseeded. I do too, but I think they should have flopped with Duke though. What have oh. you seen from Duke the last? You are season? you are so mention. anti. You are they so anti. Be a two seed. They play in the ACC. The ACC was a mid-major conference this year. It's a mid-major conference. Virginia <laughs> Tech wasn't in the field and they lost that game. Come on, I I can't believe Tennessee did get get the three. But that shows the committee doesn't care about the conference tournament, though. It really shows you they don't care. You know, Nova won, but like. That was ugly, but it wasn't like ugly where there's turnovers. Like it was like well played. They just couldn't knock down a shot. No one could shoot the ball at all. Creighton couldn't no. shoot at all. No, they couldn't. That 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 was a problem. But I, I thought Tennessee should have been the two over there in the West because they've won 12 of the last 13. They were playing much better than Duke did down the stretch. That was also my big thing. But and they the one loss is they got the revenge against Arkansas. So I, I had them there. I I didn't mind the Nova at the two. They were playing well. You got all those. You know, they, they they played well down the stretch, I felt like. I, I thought Tennessee should have been the two over there in the West region flopped with Duke. Um that, that was my that was my big one. Yeah, yeah. I mean I yeah, I I, I think Tennessee was definitely underseeded. But the big question too going to the region is are we gonna see Tennessee and Arizona play in the Elite Eight? I think we do. Right now, I I don't I got I got Nova. Rick Barnes has really shown the tournament. He's that, that lack I of size. I, I, yeah, I know. I, I could definitely think. I definitely think you should trust Jay Wright over uh, over Rick Barnes. Mm. But I just that lack of size of Nova. If they don't hit shots, and they, and that's the only reason why they beat UConn is they were able to hit. They were able to hit threes. If they don't hit shots, they're not. They're they're not a great team. 
They were. I I think you know. I think that is a big problem. But you got a guy like Colin Gillespie. You saw Saturday night. He was not losing that game. He oh no, 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 no. The thing about him was he got his teammates involved early, and then he took over when it was time to win the Big East Championship. And even the game against UConn, he might have scored like five points, five. but he still played a really good game. You know, with with having ten assists, he made the other yeah. guys. He made the Samuels and Slaters better in that game. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why he's so great, and that's why I think he's the best point guard in the country. And you got a chance in March when you got the best point guard in the country. And I think what Nova has, and again, I think Lyola matches up well with Nova. Ohio State, they've really been struggling, but I don't trust Ohio State. Tennessee, I, I think, you know, Tennessee's had some size, but I, I don't think it's enough to overwhelm Villanova. And I, I'll take Gillespie. And Chandler's a great point guard, but he's a freshman. I, I'll, I'll take the senior Colin Gillespie over uh, Kennedy Chandler. I, I think, you know, Villanova could get there. I, I really do. And I, I think it's a team that could go to the Final Four. Now, I thought they were going to get the East region because that would have been at Philly. And, yeah, but you, know, you can't that. give a team that should be a two or three seed. They can't give them that. They could not give them that. That would be unfair. They were saying they were going to have a chance at it. If they if they got the three, they were probably going to get Philly. But um, anyways, I, I still think I – think, I think Nova gets there. I, I really do like to see him. Again, I'll take Jay Wright in that. You know, they may not have the NBA guys, but they just have a bunch of really good college basketball players. Got a great call. They got a great culture. They have, an they have the best culture, culture in college basketball. I agree. Yeah, I agree. One. I agree. And that's why they've been successful the last, you know, you know, mostly like the last decade. But again, even under Jay, they they've always had some pretty good teams. So I'll, I'll take nobody to get there um, in that South region. Yes, yes. So who is the sleeper in, in this region? Who is the team that people that no one's talking about but could make a run to the final four? I'm gonna go well, this one's like way, way down there. I get I get I love the Chattanooga team. I don't know if they'll get to the final four, but this is a Chattanooga team that has a lot of talent. They got Selva D'Souza, who is a former five star from Kansas, just again, just you know, with the old whole FBI scandal, just never really got on the floor there. Um, uh, you know, and they have power. They have size too. You see some of these mid-major teams that don't really have the size to compete. You know, D'Souza six nine. They got their two other forwards are six seven, six six. Malachi Smith Smith is a bucket getter. He averaged twenty this year. Um, you know, David Batiste is also their point guard. He could, he averages thirteen a game. Chattanooga has some bucket makers. And the thing too is Chattanooga. They love to play slow. They're two ninety ninth tempo wise. Again, I think they could bother Illinois with that. You saw it with Iola kind of did, you know, they kind of half-court game last year, Illinois. Again, they have not seen a guy like Kofi Cokeburn, though. Again, he's again, that guy is he's uh he's baby Shaq. It, you know, he, he's gonna be a tough matchup for him, but I Chattanooga's well coached and I, I love the mocks. I think they can make a run. I think it's the sweet 16 at least. And because I you know, in that in this region, I don't know. I don't don't think it's Lyle's year. I don't trust Ohio State. Can't trust the Mount West of Colorado State. I don't really trust Michigan Juwan Howard. So I, I like Chattanooga. I think that that's the best chance right now uh, in that region. Some somebody go on the run. I, I really do love the mocks, and I think would not be shocked to see them get the Sweet 16. So in this region, you you have Nova and I, and I have Arizona. Why don't you have Arizona? Kurt Kurt Kreese, uh, that, that ankle right now looks really, really I don't think he's playing well, with, the final but, four. But with the big guy and with uh, Matherin, I think that's enough. I think it is. I just don't like year one coaches in the tournament. I don't really trust them. I, I just – I don't know what you're going to get. I know he would with Mark Few for 20 years, so I know he's got a lot of tournament experience. 
But I don't know. I don't really trust first-year guys. I, I really don't. And I, I think they're – I know Ollie went, but, again, that staff was just – again, he had a heck and, of a staff. And that wasn't his first year. That was his second year. Yeah, yeah, that was second year. But, but it was first yeah. year in the tournament. I'll give you that. Yeah. First year in the tournament. Yeah, first year in the tournament. He had a heck of a staff with him. And he – I could see Arizona knocking on Nova. I think their sides could overwhelm him. But I'll, I'll take Jay Wright in that matchup. I don't know. Something about Nova this year. I don't – I don't – everybody's counting them out. I, I – I kind of like them here to go on a run. Arizona's right there. It's tough, but I, I, I right now like the I like the Wildcats to get this thing done. We go to the Midwest region, and I think the big question is here is do do we have a better chance of seeing one of the best one of the, who could a guy who could potentially be the player of the year in a jobby go up against Jabari Smith, who could be the number one pick, or Johnny Davis, or neither? That's the big question here. I think it's going to be. I think we're going to see in the elite. I think we're going to see a job against Johnny da- uh, Johnny Davis because of where this geographically where where the tournament's being where the region's being played. And I think Wisconsin will have a lot of fans in Chicago, so I think it's going to be Kansas and Wisconsin in the elite eight. I'm going to go opposite. I got a Ojabaji versus Jabari Smith. I was going back and forth. I don't know how Davis looked healthy. I felt like, but. And I feel like, too, like in that game, Wisconsin versus Auburn, some, you know, usually that slower tempo team is able to get the better of that up type of tempo team. And Auburn kind of worries me with their guard play. That, that, again, like Kareem and Johnson, that went like 0 for 14 from three. And, you know, Auburn was horrible. Uh, but Wisconsin, again, defensively, I think Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler kind of create some issues for him down low. You know, can I? Because they block a ton of shots, and Wisconsin's not a great three-point shooting team. So if Wisconsin's trying to get to the basket, I think Kevzler and, and Jabari Smith could um, really make it tough for him to get down low and score inside. And um, you know, so I think that could be a tough one, um, you know, for, for the um, you know for the Badgers. But again, I would not be shocked. Johnny Davis is healthy. They got Brad Davis since the senior. Tyler Walls played really well. He's another senior. Like, would not shock me right now. And and I and Bruce Pearl's. Again, he's not the uh, you know he's he's a cheater, but he's a very good college basketball. He's a very good coach, and I, I'll, I'll take him. Even though Greg Gard's had a really good year, I feel, feel like again Wisconsin as well. They're they're been one of the luckiest teams in the country too, right there with Providence. Yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. Who is the sleeper in this in this region? I got the USC Trojans. I I think they could go on a run here. I think with their size, they could give Auburn's guard some trouble. You know, Drew Peterson, six foot nine, you know, at, at the point guard spot. Boogie L, six foot four. He's a good defender, good shooter. You know, Mobley's had a really good year as well. I think, you know, he could kind of give Jabari Smith and um, Mark Hesler some issues. Now, the only worry I have with the Trojans right now is they played nobody outside of Pac 12 play. So, like, I can't even really base some of, okay, how they do against this, you know, Big 12 team or whatever. You know, and they can really only base it off of Pac 12 teams. But again, they made the elite run eight lat the elite eight run last year. They're very good defensively. Andy Enfield's done a pretty good job too when he's gotten in the tournament. Again, you saw what he did with those Florida Gulf Coast teams. I think they could go on a run. I think with their side, their athletic ability, their defense, I think they could, you know, pose some problems there for Auburn and Wisconsin. They if that's who they beat. But again, I Miami won't be an easy test. I won't be shocked to see Miami knock them off. But USC can get by by that round one game. I think it's a team that can get right back there to the Elite Eight 
and uh, give Kansas products. I, I think this is the region where you're going to see some chaos because you look at the one through five seeds, Kansas, I don't think it's the, the best team. Um, don't disrespect the Pac-12 teams there, Justin. They did make – they did the best out of any conference. Hey, UCLA. Hey, UCLA had a run. USC had a run. Yeah, they, they did us. last year, but last year was last year. Uh, but I do think – I do have UCLA and I have Arizona making a run, but I do have USC losing the first round. Yeah, again, Larry Nagy is a very good coach. So I wouldn't be shocked. But, um, you know, going back, I just think this is like the region where you see a ton of chaos. Providence is a fourth seed. Again, we know what their issues. Iowa, McCaffrey's never made the final four. Wisconsin, again, I could see Colgate knocking off Wisconsin round one because of the way they played. And they, they've they been close the last few years to the Colgate Raiders. And Auburn with their guard play, I think this is the region where you could see a ton of chaos happen. It, it's in uh, some brackets destroyed. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Who do you got winning the region? I got Kansas. I got Auburn right now. I'll take Auburn. the Auburn Tigers. Gotcha. 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 So the last reason, the East region. And the big question here is John Calipari has not made the final four since his undefeated season in 2015. The question is, is this the year that he gets back to the final four? I think it very well could be, you know, Calipari's problem is they're always good defensively. It's, you know, can they figure out the offense this year? They have their fourth, you know, ranked, um, Fishing two wise this year. Kellen Grady's a great shooter. No, they've been banged up at point guard, but Ty Ty Washington and Wheeler should be both able to go here. Um, Oscar Shibway, again, I he's probably going to play of the year. He's just an absolute beast down low. Uh, he's going to get teams problems. They got a tough draw if they get Murray State. Murray State is not a seven seed. That is a good, good team. I don't know. Did you see any of that OV? No, you probably well, you probably watched the whole thing. Of course, that more. I was hoping more at State was gonna win because uh, <laughs> they're big guy. It's a freshman. Oh, he's he's so good. I hope he doesn't transfer out. But I, I Murray's not a seven seed. That that is a five seed. That, that Murray State team is very very good. So they got a tough draw here. Uh, but Kentucky, I could definitely see them going on a run here, especially with Baylor. LJ Cryer's at least out for the first weekend for the Bears. So um, they they've been kind of banged up all year. Yeah, yeah, we'll see there. I don't think John Palapari makes a run. I got him losing Sweet 16 to a more talented Purdue team. And and we know when Calipari doesn't have more when Calipari doesn't have the talent, he usually loses. So I don't have him going to the final four. But who is the sleeper in this region? Who's the team no one's talking about who can make a run to the final four? I got my Murray State Racers. Oh, I, I knew I you were going there. I knew you were going there. I again I think they're disrespected. And again, I think they get Kentucky. Kentucky won't schedule them. It's the same thing that Kansas-Wichita a couple years ago. Wichita gave Kansas everything they could. Would not be shocked to see Murray State knock them off. They got two starters still from that 2019 team. I don't even remember. Tevin Brown and K.J. Williams. Those two are electric scores. Tevin Brown can shoot the ball. You know, K.J. Williams as well. Justice Hill. You know, and then they got a South Carolina transfer in Trey um, Hannibal, who comes off the bench. He's your sixth man in the Ohio Valley. He's a South Carolina transfer. You don't usually see that. You know, this this Murray State team's got talent up and down. They're very good defensively. They can shoot the basketball. They rebound. Nobody's taught, you know, nobody, everybody's disrespecting Murray State because they play in the OVC. Again, I think this, is a, this team should have been like a five seed. They gave Auburn, you know, what they could handle for like 30 minutes back in December. That's the last time they lost right before Christmas. You know, that, that's the last time they lost the game. And I, I think Murray State can go on a run here. I think they can knock off. Kentucky. I think they off knock out Purdue because Matt Painter, he is a guy I can't trust the term. Oh my God. Oh, God. I, I can't trust oh man. Yeah, he's got talent though. He's got, he's got Jaden Ivey and Zach Eady in this tournament, but you're not, you're not a Matt Painter guy. 
No, absolutely not. Uh, I, I can't. I I had them acting very early out in the tournament because I, I he he's a deer in headlights in the tournament. Um, so I could see them knocking off them. Baylor's banged up. I, I would love to see Murray State go on a run here and, and make a Final Four because um, they are a very talented basketball team. They, now, I, I don't like how they're playing San Francisco in the first round. They should have got somebody else. But, again, I know they want to match. They want to try to get the mid-majors out of there as quick as possible. So they, they match them in San Francisco. Long, <laughs> of so. course, yeah. yeah. You, you don't yeah. like that matchup between them and San Francisco. You think both those teams could probably yeah. make runs. Oh, yeah. Ty Golden, watch his name. It's going to get very hot the next couple of years. He's a very good young head coach. Um, very good. He's at Columbia, did a good job there. San Francisco is doing a great job. Watch his name the first few years. He, he'll get a power five job very soon, and, and you'll, you, you know, you'll remember the name. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But who do you got winning the region? I got the coach you don't trust. I got Purdue winning the region. I feel like they're the most talented team in this region. Who do you got winning the region? I got UCLA. I'm going to take the Bruins. And I got the, I got them and Purdue in the Elite Eight. Okay. I, you know, in that region, I I, I just can't. I would love to pick Purdue because they do have all the talent in the world. I just cannot trust Painter. I can't trust their defense. I I, I need to stay away from Matt Painter. Um, but I, I could see. I can understand why. They that they have enough talent as anybody in the entire country. I have UCLA played well down the stretch. I know they lost to Arizona in the Pac-12 you know, conference, um, conference championship game. But Johnny Jujang, again, he's a bucket getter. Again, I, I him in Kentucky, Elite Eight, playing his former team. I would love to see him drop 30 on Calipari there. Um, that'd be fun to watch. They, they played better down the stretch. They got most of the guys back. Cody Riley's finally healthy. Um, you know, I think they got talent. Not usually a Mick Cronin guy. They got hot last year. I'll, I'll take the Bruins with Baylor being banged up. I think they could take out the five seed St. Mary's in that, in that region. If they do, or Indiana, I think they, I think UCLA goes on a run here. I think they got, they may get some favorable matchups. So we got our final fours. Mine is uh, Gonzaga, Purdue, Kansas, Kansas, and Arizona. So my first semifinal, Gonzaga, Purdue. I got Gonzaga winning. Second one, Arizona, Arizona against uh, Kansas. I got Arizona winning. So I got Arizona. And uh, and the the the, the, men, the, the mentor the, the teacher against the student, I got I got those two guys going at it for the national title, but I got I got Arizona I got the student being the teacher I got Arizona beating Gonzaga for the championship I got Gonzaga losing in the in the final for the second year in a row. Justin, I think what you got is a Villanova, you got Villanova Gonzaga. Auburn, and you got the rematch. You got Gonzaga UCLA. Yep. So round one or first semifinal against Gonzaga knocking off UCLA. Um, I, I think, you know, because I get some again, I think it'll be another good game, close game. And then I got Auburn Nova, the tough one. I got how I got Nova taking them down. Whoa, um, so you got Nova, Nova against uh Gonzaga in the final. Yeah, for now, I'm gonna go Gonzaga. I don't like picking with the rest of America for now. Again, I may try, I again, I'll probably change my, my thing probably five times by, by noon tomorrow, but um, right now I got Gonzaga over Nova. Uh, I, I think this is the year for Mark Few. I, I really do. I just I don't know how many more chances he's going to get, especially the year they've had, uh, and kind of the talent. Again, they just they not had you know there's not another elite team besides maybe you know besides like in Arizona that's right there with them. I, I do think it's Gonzaga's year. Worry about them a little bit, but I, I think Gonzaga gets it done. And say but the, but say Jay Wright wins a title this year, he's in that class with uh, with 
with Coach K, with Bob Knight, with John Wooden, with Jim Calhoun, with Roy Williams. He's in that class if he wins a national title this year. Oh, absolutely. You know, three titles, it'll be six years. Um, absolutely. They dominated the Big East. I know since kind of the, the, the re kind of image of it. But yeah, the culture he's built, the rosters he's built, again, he's just, they found, again, Colin Gillespie is a three star. I believe Archinaco was a three star. I think Bronson was a four, but like he's taken some really good guys. He's really developed. Again, Nova's really starting to get some five stars, but again, he's really developed guys. Again, and they kind of know too, they're going to probably not play much their freshman year. And yeah, he's just developed a great culture and, and they've, they've had a lot of success in that, in, in the tournament the last couple of years. So, I'm with you. He's up there in that elite class if he can get another one, another, turn, uh, another title this year. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So the Yanks have made some moves this week. But before we talk about what the Yankees have done, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys yes. to the city. I crossed up by Kobe, well, floated Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, it's fun. But I didn't make my point. I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. Hey, there's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. That is Keys to the City. Check them out this Friday. Uh, it'll probably be him. Uh, it'll probably be Trev, uh, Ted, and Joe. Uh, make sure you check them out on Friday. They'll be they'll be talking. They'll be talking about all the NFL moves, uh, the Yankee moves, and they'll definitely be talking about the NCAA tournament. So definitely make sure you check out Keys to the City on Friday. But the Yankees this week have been busy. They made they made some big moves. First Sunday night, they traded for Josh Donaldson, uh, Kiner Falefa, Ben. Uh, I don't even can't even pronounce the catcher's name they got. Robert, Ro- but, 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 the, Robert. but the point is, is Jerry Sanchez is gone. Gio Urshela is gone. I think the offense is going to be a – obviously the offense will be better seeing what they re-sign. We'll get to what, what they did yesterday, who they re-signed. But I think the offense will be a little bit better with this move because I can trust Josh Donaldson to stay healthy. Uh, Kiner Falefa makes him better better defensively, but he has, he has trouble offensively. But I feel like – He's going to be kind of a he's going to kind of be a utility guy. Uh, we'll see what, it, what the Yankees' plan is at shortstop. I th- no, I think he's going to no. I'll take it back. I think he's going to play short. I think they'll DH Donaldson. I think they'll DH. Uh, they'll probably DH Donaldson. Have Lemayu play third. Have Glaber play second. So uh, I but I do think offensively they'll be a li- not markedly better, but a little bit better. So I don't mind the trade. And Gary Sanchez, yes, he was decent, but he couldn't stay healthy, and he just he couldn't hit, he couldn't hit for average. That that was the problem. Yeah, Gary, again, I, I just think the noise was just, I think, got to him again. It was like every every mistake he made, it just blew up. And I, I just think I, I just think it was just, everything just got to his head, unfortunately. Again, he, you can kind of see, again, I, I think he'll probably go to Minnesota this year. And he could hit 35 home runs and, and you know, actually tear it up with the Twins. Um, and we know but, Joe will be, let us hear about that when he does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, I'm already ready for it. Again, I know it's a contract year. I, I expect a big year from Gary. Just, um, But, yeah, the trade – the only thing I like about the trade is John Donaldson brings an edge because this locker room, nobody has an edge. And I think that's been the biggest issue with the Yankees the last few years. You know, again, he's been very vocal about things. Again, I just don't like it because it's another power guy who strikes out a lot. And again, he's had his injuries and he's 35 and they're paying him $25 million a year. It's just, I, I know. Yeah. He, again, maybe he could have, a, he could tear it up this year. I just, I don't really see it. I like the edge. You know, Isaiah Connor Falefa, 
he's a younger guy. Um, yeah, because I think he played third and short. It sounds like he's going to play shortstop mostly. I know he could catch as well. Hey, so he'll probably be an emergency catcher. But, yeah, I just – I don't – you know, he's not great offensively. But, yeah, I just – think he's got maybe a little bit better with their move. I just – I don't know. I'm not very – I'm not – just don't think it was really the – um you know, I know. Remember, we talked about this in the offseason. I just don't think it was like the re-imaging they needed in that lineup. I just don't think it's enough right now uh, to be. I know we'll kind of get to the other team in the division that's making some moves, but um, yeah, right now I, I I think it helps a little bit, but I'm not really sold on it yet. Yeah, I mean, I I think the Yankees. I, mean, I think I think they're going to be still be competitive in the division, but I think they'll be a little bit better offensively though with Donald with with Don, with with this move. As I said, I think with Donaldson and obviously re-signing Rizzo, this team is going to be a little bit better off, offensively. But yeah, this Donaldson's old, and and this is a this is a move that. But but the, the reason they got rid of Sanchez is he's a free agent. They want to get value. They got some value. We'll see if it pays off. Yeah, we will. You know, we'll, we'll find out. But uh, yeah, I know. Again, you got Rick Gary, and I know you got something for him, which is good. I know you got a guy like Donaldson that, you know, again, I don't think he's going to have something he did five years ago where you know he won the MVP. But very, I guess, a little bit of hope that could happen. But yeah, you know, hopefully, you just kind of stay healthy and just, you know, somewhat. I'd take even like two fifty, two sixty with Josh Donaldson. I'll. I'll, I'll I'll probably take that something. Yeah, but but you want him to hit like 30 home runs and have like yeah. at least over, you know, 80, 80 85 RBIs. Yeah. Or yeah. Like 90 RBIs. Yeah. So yeah, he could hit 260, but he better be hitting home runs. You better not be hitting 260 and have like, you know, you know, 18 home runs. He better yeah. have like over, over at, le- at least over 25 home runs if he's going to hit 260. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take, I'll take that. Yeah. I, yeah. It's only 25 home runs, 90 RBIs. Play like 140 games and I'll, I'll take that from Josh Donaldson. This I'll come near. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So the Yankees made another move, and they re-signed Anthony Rizzo, two years, thirty-two million. I don't mind it, but it, but obviously, the bad news is they're not getting Freddie Freeman. That's what that means. Yeah, and, you know the Yankees continue to be an organization that's below the Dodgers, the Rays, the Braves, and the Astros by you know not being able to land a Freddie Freeman. Now we don't know if they, there's still a chance they can get Correa or Story, but right now. They, you know, Anthony Rizzo will be the starting first baseman. As I said with the Yankee offense, I think it's going to definitely be better. Going to have Rizzo for a full year. Donaldson stays healthy more than Sanchez does. But the biggest key to this offense, and this will be a huge key, LeMayu and Torres must have better years, or this team will not be – this offense will not be better than the Red Sox. This offense will be better than the Rays, and this offense will be better than the Blue Jays. If LeMayu and Torres don't have better years, this will be the fourth-best offense in the division. Absolutely. I still, I think right now the Yankees are the four best team in this division right now. I, I just, you know, I don't have a lot of confidence in this team right now. But, yeah, you know, Rizzo's nice. They needed some left-handed power. They needed a left-handed bat. and needed, I know they need another one with Gallo. That's another, you know, and I know LeMay is healthy this year. You know, you know, I know he was battling injuries a lot last year. So, again, I hope that means his numbers go back up. Torres, I just – Torres, I think, is just a total wild card at this point. Again, can he, he get hit for you? Honestly, if, if they if they trade for Story or Correa, Torres has got to be traded. Yeah. I just – I don't – Correa, I think that means Judge is gone then. I, I think that's – if they do, if they sign Correa, that means Judge is just – And they could figure out that. a way to keep both. With the luxury tax, it's, this is this is baseball. They could figure out a way to keep both. I guess they could. I know I know. Hal does not want to go over the cap space again. Oh, I, heard the, wait, I know that's been the issue. This is the problem. You know, this management just – you know, holds this team back the way it used to not be held back when they won championships. 
Yeah, you think after 13 years, you think George would have uh, exceeded oh, that cap? Oh, because, God. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Including exactly. with the Dodgers rate right now, exactly, 275 exactly, or whatever it exactly, is. Exactly, exactly. But, yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, to going back to the line, I think also like Gallo, too, have a better year. Without the shift now, I think that's going to help Joey Gallo out a little bit. I know that strikeouts are probably going to be a lot, but I, I think, you know, he's a guy that loves to pull the ball. I think that could help out Gallo, too. Yeah, I think that could be that could be something that helps Joey's average get up. Which again, I he can't perform more than he did last year. It just it's pretty much impossible. No, 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 not 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 at all. He definitely can't. So we we definitely he'll definitely be better than he was last year. But that's not saying much. But right now for the Yankees overall, they made they made some they made some moves. I still think they're going to be a decent team. But we'll see what happens once the season starts. Another team in the AL East made a move today. The a, the uh, Blue Jays traded for Matt Chapman. The A's look like they're getting rid of everybody. And for the Blue Jays, I, th- I think the Blue Jays are, are in pretty good shape. I think the Blue Jays right now, I know they lost Simeon, but Chapman's not as good as Simeon. But still, I think this all, with this lineup, with this rotation, and with Barrios, and, and uh, I think they got uh, Kevin – I think they, did they get Gosman? Yeah, Gosman. They got Gosman and uh, Barrios. And they got the Rude didn't have a great year last year, though. But no, they, you know, so. they have Barrios and they have Gosman. I think the Blue Jays right now, this is this is this is a team with 12 playoff teams. They're definitely a playoff team. Oh, absolutely. Hunter Rude's gonna be the third guy this year. That that's not bad. He's not a bad third guy in that rotation. Alex Manai had a really good year too as a rookie. You know, yeah. that again, the their problem's gonna be the bullpen because they figure out that bullpen. But they found a closer last year. Romano did a good job as a yeah, Romano last did. Year. Yeah, I know they haven't, you know, I know they still have Garcia and Mary Weathers wasn't great, but bullpens um, are always a question mark with teams. That that's just yeah. that's just the thing going into a lot of seasons. It is. That was just that that costed them though, and I think it could cost them again if you know they blow a couple games eighth and ninth inning. But yeah, with that with that lineup, you got Bouchette, Biggio, Guerrero. Now you had a Matt Chapman to you know you get a healthy George Springer this year. Uh, Goriel had a really good year again. That that that's a scary lineup, you know. Again, the weakest part is that catcher spot with Kirk and um, Danny Jansen. A- again, I, Toronto is dangerous. That's going to be a fun team to watch. Um, yeah, Matt Chapman is a feaster famine guy, but I-, I guess in baseball now, who really isn't? I know he kind of had it down here last year, you know, only bad at 210. But, yeah, I think that line that lineup is scary. Um, they, they're they, – again, they have to get to the, to the playoffs this year. I, I, you know, bullpen could cost them, but – I think that lineup and that rotation, they fixed enough where that should not be a huge issue for this year. Huge issue for the team this year. Um, I, I love that Toronto team. I could see them win the division. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely see there. We'll definitely see. We got to head over to the National League, and uh, a big team play, a big a big name player is going to be out for a while. That's Fernando Tatis Jr. He's going to be out for three months, and uh, I think this is really going to affect the Padres, I, especially when you when you have the Dodgers in your division. We know who the Dodgers are probably going to end up signing now. <laughs> we will talk about that later, but I think the Potters are in trouble. I think this team was 14th in run scored last year. He only missed 30 games last year. He's going to miss the first 60 games. He's going to miss at least the first 60 games of the season this year. I think the Potters offense is in trouble. I think the Potters are in trouble overall. I definitely could see this team finishing in third place, just like they did last year. Yeah, absolutely. I could, I could see it as well. You know, I know they're trying to get rid of Hosmer and I think they're still trying to make a run at um, Freeman, but like, I think they got to get rid of like Hosmer and all. Um, they're uh, Will Myers, I think, too. I think up with the cap, too. too. So, like, I know they got to get try to get rid of those two guys. But, yeah, like, Tatis, again, it sounded like he had multiple motorcycle accidents. And it's at some point, too, like, the Padres, like, dude, you got to, you know, you, you 
probably should not be riding one of those things, man. It, exactly. They, yeah. You know, because again, they gave you such a big contract here. Again, they got to give him like what the Chiefs did with the, like the Mahomes clause of like there's like the 20 activities he cannot do. Patrick Mahomes, he's got to get one of those because yeah, uh, it, it's dangerous. They're, again, you're you know you're, that's their franchise guy. It could obviously, I, I think it's uh, it's gonna hurt them again. You see what the Dodgers have done again. The Giants too. Like I, I expect the Giants to get even better. They're gonna be a tough out again. They got Carlos. Yeah, they I, got they got Rendon. They signed Rendon. The Giants. Yeah. yeah, that you know that that that's a good bat too. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're going to probably finish third, and they, it, it could it could um, spell problems here for for San Diego trying to fight for uh, probably playing the Giants trying to get that wildcard spot once again. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So we got to go to a team, another team in the National League, defending champs who made a move. They traded for Matt Olson, and then they signed him to an eight-year, hundred million dollar deal. Good, great move for the Braves, and the Yankees were rumored to get him, but of course, a better team. Gets a guy, and they and the and Matt Olson goes to the Braves, and the Braves are going to be an outstanding team next year. I, I think them and the Dodgers neck and neck being the favorite to go to the World Series in the National League. I don't want to hear about the Mets hearing about oh how great we're going to be. You don't have the offense the Braves have. You don't have. I mean, you pretty much have two good, two great hitters in the lineup, and one underachieved last year in Fritz, in Francisco Lindor. The Braves got a bunch of good hitters. They got they had Matt Olson. They got Ozzy Albies. They got you know. Dansby Swanson, they're going to Ronald Acuna is going to be back. They just signed Eddie Rosario. The Braves are in great shape going into the season. Their rotation's in great shape. Their bullpen is good enough. Braves are in great shape going into this season. They're going to lose Freddie Freeman, but if you got to replace Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson was the guy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, crazy. Yeah. Again, Olson. Again, he had a terrific year. Thirty-nine home runs, one hundred eleven RBIs. He's a guy I think only strikes out. He was like. Again, he only struck out like 113 times last year and uh, 565 at bats. Again, that that is a great contact hitter to have in your lineup. Now, how does it? Uh, it what's his name? Oh, I think it's like Disopolis or something. The deal that he got with Acuna for eight years, like what 80 million, and now Matt Olson, he's only getting 20 million dollars a year. I, again, those are both team friendly deals. Whatever those two were drinking for the contract ascensions. Again, that you know, um, I know Olson's from the area and he wanted to play there, but. Man, you know, again, those are two team-friendly deals, and yeah, that that team's loaded. Again, it, it's it's crazy that Freddie Freeman's not going to be Atlanta Brave, but yeah, they, again, they filled that spot as best as they could with, with a Matt Olson, and they got they they got a great one, and you know, they should get Mike Soroka back to their ace. Like, yeah, that Brave team once again, them and the Dodgers should be really fun to watch, and that that Brave team, you know, is really building its um really building a really really good young core down there. Now, speaking of the Dodgers, now that Freddie Freeman will probably be gone, I think it's pretty obvious now what team is going to sign Freddie Freeman, and that is going to be the Dodgers. Yes, the Yankees, they're out on them. The uh, the, the Blue Jays, they made a move getting Matt Olson. And then the other two teams are rumored were the Rays and the Red Sox. We know the Rays don't sign big-name big free agents. And since High and Bloom has been there, the Red Sox haven't either. So we, it's pretty obvious right now. It's not official, but it's pretty obvious that Freddie Freeman will be a Los Angeles Dodger. Yeah, do they really need Freddie Freeman? Like, no, no. But, but but they but, but but this is what the Dodgers do. They I, they try to they try to win. The Dodgers yeah. know how to win. The Dodgers know how to be consistent. That's why they're in the NLCS or the World Series every single year. That's why they they've been in the World Series three times in the last five years. They know how to win. Yeah. It, it, again, what's their caps gonna be over like three hundred now? Well. Actually, it depends on the Bowers stuff. I don't know what's going on there, but again, I guess you get Bowers' contract out of there. 
you know, you, you probably spend there, you get free in that. But um, yeah, anyways, well, yeah, again, it just I, I think it's probably the Dodgers too. Yeah, I, the Rays, I don't think, yeah, they never sign guys like that. The Red Sox have two pretty good like first basements coming up. You know, they well, we saw what Dahlback can do, and then they got Tristan Tasse too. Probably gonna get a shot at some point this year. So, you know, I think you know, first place, I think they're probably gonna see what those two can do first before they go out and sign a Freeman. But yeah, again, it's crazy that Dodgers can go out and get him. He's a great. He, I think he's one of the best in baseball for Eddie Freeman. Uh, uses all the feet, uses the whole field, and he's just he's a, such a great hitter. Being such a great pickup for the Dodgers. Um, thinks he's not gonna be Atlanta Brave anymore. I thought that was yeah, something that he was gonna be there forever, but fortunately not. But yeah, be a really really nice pickup for the Dodgers, which is already a loaded lineup. Yes, and now we got some breaking news to finish the show. Uh, the according to Adam Scheffner, the Raiders have reached an agreement to sign Chandler Jones. So it looks like Chandler Jones is going to the Raiders. And and now and and with that, the Raiders are now going to trade their other pass rusher, Yannick Ndakwe, right. to the Colts. So I think this is a good this is good for both teams. I think the Raiders they get their get another pass rusher and Chandler Jones, and now the Colts get uh, Yannick Ndakwe, a pass rusher they need. They want to have another pass rusher with uh with Quetty Pack. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, you know. Again, my first thing you said, Jones. It's like, okay, what are they going to? They, they got Max and Crosby and um, the guy with. But yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Raiders want to upgrade that secondary too. So, yeah, I think it's a good pickup for the Raiders to get Jones and um, Rocky Sin. Yeah, for the Colts to get another pass rusher because yeah, Quiddy Payne had a really, you know, fit, you know, uh, really came on. I felt like last year. So yeah, good move for both teams. Um, and that you know for for both teams. Absolutely, and you got to make moves when you're in the AFC West because you know you know that division is going to be great going to next season. But that's going to wrap it up on Sports Talk with RJ. For our producer, Jace Garcia, who did a great job. For Justin Alfreo, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about previewing the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight in college basketball and wrapping up, uh, recapping free agency in the NFL. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones had first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.